Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair. <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit? Enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Are impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It is Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's noon, and it's the top of wrestling podcast. Hopefully just one show today that airs at once. I know last week things got a little crazy, and we end up dropping two shows, I think, at the same time, because the news was just running rampant as to what was going to be happening with the impending sale of the WWE. And, you know, we'll we'll break it down. Today we're going to be having news as such, but also we're bringing to the table our Wrestler of the Week. We're still going to be talking about the Monday Night Wars 25 years later, and it's Tyson and Austin! Tyson and Austin! 25 years later, something like that. And this week's top topic, speaking of that night, that was the night after the Royal Rumble 98, we're going to be talking about the top and worst, but mainly the top of... The Royal Rumble winners. What happened? When it, was it anything big after winning this big match, or did it just flop from there like a Veer promo that just happened? Ladies and gentlemen, I bet he's a little exhausted after watching the the game like I am from yesterday. But here he is. He's alive. A little grayer hair like me too. ODM. And losing some. Yeah, it was a hell of a ride, man. Did you happen to catch the Dion Dawkins promo? Where he had the Zippo lighter in his hands, and he was like, "Yeah, man." Sure did. Oh, fuck it, man! That one. 
I was like, you gotta tell people what you're doing. Burn. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Burn it all. Hit the music. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Careful uh, lighting that thing around that your hair. You got a lot of soul glow going on inside there. Hey, no, man. That was just natural juices from berries. Nice. <laughs> 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 what you that putting your hair by, asshole perm? Hey, no, but it's perm. That's what he says. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's weird how many times that show or that movie has been brought up on this, this show, just naturally. I mean, I think it's our unofficial theme. Yeah, well, that and Body Slam did kind of start a lot of it. Nice card. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, let's get into it. You got news. I got news. We got results. What's going on this last week? Well, let's let's reference the uh, the two episode day. Dude, by the time I had heard the first piece of news uh, from the time that I posted that special episode, news had changed. (laughs) It's insane. So I'm going to give a high-level rundown of what's happened and where we're at, and then it'll just be a free-form conversation because, honestly, this is the biggest news. It is the thing we're all here to talk about. Vince McMahon is back. Uh, for those of you who have not been paying attention, Vince McMahon essentially started a coup. He literally just muscled himself back into his own company as the executive chairman of the board officially. Uh, he fired two people so he could bring two people in. Two other people resigned because they're like, fuck that. And right before they had the meeting to vote Vince back into power, Stephanie McMahon resigns. Holy crap. Okay. Where does that go? Uh, that as of that. Sp- go ahead. Interject. I got to take credit. The only the only thing I had credit for last week between the WWE is effed episode of you talking was that was my logo idea. Everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was a good call, too. It was a perfect call. Perfect call. I just, it's all I had to add to the show, but I was very proud of that one. As soon as I saw you put it together, I go, my man. It's it's literally. <laughs> right, so, yes, and it has to do with Stephanie quitting. It's Vince literally choking her out in a, the match that they had at, I think it was like No Mercy 2003, something like that. It was a 2003 pay-per-view, but, yeah, that's good for you. Perfectly encapsulates what exactly is happening right here. So, the early reports were that, oh, yeah, there's a deal in place already. It's like an unofficial handshake between the Saudi Public Investment Group, I think is what it, the actual name is. Like an hour later, it was like, no, 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 that didn't happen. Now, it's not to say that the Saudis aren't in the running, uh, but, uh, you know, that, that you know, apparently handshake deal is not true. Uh, since then, Nick Khan has met with Disney's CEO and ESPN's president. And uh, Vince McMahon is currently being sued by shareholders over his coup. And and there are also rumors that AEW is in the hunt, which is its own clusterfuck of epic proportions. So I don't know, man. Chime in. Tell me what you're thinking. I didn't get to talk to you. 
Give me your oh thoughts. Oh, my God. Tony Khan's going to do it. So if the Jaguars, for some reason, pull shit off and win the Super <laughs> they Bowl, can still get a he can just send the title to himself. <laughs> yeah, right. The best part is, is you know, you know, one of the, the news outlets, the news outlets, you know, we'll say the secondary wrestling news outlets, had a picture, and it was like Tony Khan all Adder- Adderalled up on one side of the screen, and Vince McMahon, the screenshot of him being told by Shane. That he owns WCW. It was so perfect. <laughs> nice. There's been some great memes coming out the last couple of days between Vince, the, the Saudi Arabia stuff, the officer. Anyway, um, my, I'm not going to lie. One of my – I sent it to you, and it's funny, not funny, but whatever. Uh, it was, I want to say, like Princess Jasmine just talking to – Someone in whatever fucking in Little Mermaid or whatever fuck I don't know whatever one she was in, uh, Aladdin, and she it, it just goes a girl showing up to Raw and SmackDown. Uh, you better cover that entire body, you fucking whore. And I'm like, <laughs> this may be what we're in for. But all joking aside, with non all right, joking aside, but with some joking, if this does come true. We're going to get some really weird things happening because, look, at it, it's still going to be likely same people creatively, right? It's just you're owned by someone else and they're going to tell you what to do. That is what gave us the Brothers of Destruction versus DX, which I don't think I need to tell you about that abortion clinic that ran inside of Saudi Arabia. Um Oh, I'm sorry. What about the time Goldberg nearly fucking killed The Undertaker? I mean, shit, in all fairness, Undertaker almost killed Goldberg. Goldberg almost killed himself. Well, to Vince McMahon, go suck a blood-covered, blood-money-covered dick, you dork. Isn't that what Punk said to Miz that time? I have no idea, dude. <laughs> it was Yes, the, yes, I do believe so. Something like that. I'm, it's so weird. Like that, it's just that it is going to go to if it does go to Saudi Arabia. Like of all, I I don't get it. it it's and this is nothing. I don't know. I just it's a weird thing. But everybody else is acting like yeah, no, it's fine. Business as usual. Like Kofi Kingston did an interview. He's like, yeah, we're we're just showing to work every day. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You brought it up in your thing. What about your Sami Zayn's? What about uh all of your um lesbian wrestlers, gay wrestlers, atheists. Um, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, everything. I mean, like, half your roster is going to go. I, it, what about your women's division? Yeah, exactly. I almost said something really. Yep. Let's move on, please. <laughs> Winner keeps their head match. Didn't, I couldn't hold it in. You didn't yeah. on fast enough. <laughs> of, course <laughs> of course, you know. But you're just going to say it, you know, because you're going to stick it in somewhere later where it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, That's just say it. Said. That's ah, da, 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 da. nothing. All right. It's like I it's hard to really touch on the subject anyway, because it's like we don't know. We still don't know if anybody's buying it, but it's up for sale. If the cons do buy it. God, I think I may hate wrestling forever. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I heard uh, Brian last. Shit, talking I don't about- know. Do I want Saudi Arabia to have it or the cons? Well, I mean, and see, that's the thing. Depending on who buys it, you're going to get different things, right? So, you know, the talks with ADW is that, you know, the cons wouldn't do it themselves. They would go in with somebody. They would form a group. Because the con, I think, uh, Shad Khan's only worth $8 billion, I think. 
only eight billion. So I mean that that would be half of his, you know, fortune to buy the WWE for the suggested price of five billion, which has been bandied about. But so I mean, if the cons bought it, I don't know if Shad and the other investors would be like, uh, guess what? You're not touching WWF. Uh, Triple H and their team are going to continue to run it. I would imagine that was going to happen. Now, more likelihood of a crossover. That certainly could be a possibility. Who knows? And maybe Triple H could be a little bit more instrumentative into that. We'll see. That's, see, that's its own thing, right? If the Saudis buy it, you're right. It could just be like, well, women don't aren't allowed to wrestle, and we only want uh, King Kong Bundy wrestling Vader. <clears throat> you know I what I mean? I still can't wait to hear it. Because they've speech. done that. They've done that. I they've know. requested wrestlers that are dead. <laughs> they didn't know. Ultimate Warrior was one of them. <laughs> so, but then if you get somebody I like... I think the fans have waited <clears throat> long enough to see Chris Benoit versus Owen Hart. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, another thing is, you know, if Comcast or Disney or, you know, NBC buys them, okay, they have distribution rights. That means they have access to all that content. Are they even going to care about Raw and SmackDown? Or the pay-per-views? Are they going to just be like, ah, you know what? We really don't need that anymore. You know what I mean? Come over and play. Uh, what, what was that game? Uh, well done. Of, like slime going all over you. What is it? D- truth or dare? Double trouble or whatever the fuck it. Double dare. Double dare. Jesus there it is. Christ. It was truth or dare. Double. <laughs> hey, I was close. Uh, those are two way different things, man. <laughs> uh, they both end the same. Something just bought. Fuck. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I will say that I kind of want a third contender in there like that. Like I like a Disney. I, I, who knows? You know what I mean? Like with a Disney, maybe you get a you can, someone yeah. getting in charge. Like uh, they, they hire a Freddie Prince Jr. to run that part of WWE in Disney. I'm just saying like someone maybe. I'd rather that than Tony just swallowing it all up and making wrestling absolutely the worst thing to watch in the United States. Right. Saudis are just going to bring back dead wrestlers. I'll see which one comes out of the casket first. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but if Disney has it, what are you going to have? A bunch of stone colds walking around Disney parks stu- stunning people? Yes, I would fucking love it. You can't <laughs> tell me that wouldn't be great. I would buy a ticket to go to Disneyland if I knew there was a possibility of taking a stone cold stunner. Yeah, fuck the yeah. glass breaks over the PA system every 45 minutes and everybody just starts looking over their shoulders. <laughs> you know, when you go to the water park and it's that big giant tub of water that fills up and you're like waiting for it, you're waiting for it to tip yeah. over and it falls on everybody. That's the glass break. You should get a bunch of kids just standing around. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Where is he? <laughs> and then you get the okie dokie. Okie dokie, okie dokie, okie dokie. <laughs> That's not the dance. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wonder World, Wonder World. <laughs> All right, let's please move on. This let's is, move on. Only a couple enough. other pieces of news. One, uh, Jay White is maybe leaving New Japan. Uh, Fightful Select re- re- uh, reported on his contract status, as is several other outlets. <clears throat> seems to be up in the next couple of months. But the fucked up thing is we had this conversation, I think, last year after Wrestle Kingdom about Jay White's contract almost being over and he was going to go somewhere else. Uh, it seems like there's more chatter about this time. WWF seems to, I'm sorry, WWE seems to be the uh, leading contender right now. Per the, the second time you've said WWF. I've done it, dude. To show how much I've done you it. watch the new product versus exactly. 25 years ago. Exactly. I, I, I've done it, I think, once an episode every week for the right. last fucking eight weeks. So 
I will say that the report, that's what I reported last week as well, was about Jay White. And he is set to face Hikaleo in a loser leaves town match. And he's facing Eddie Kingston. Oh. I didn't know that. And at another show. Yeah. Oh. But, okay. Well, who knows? I. There's another waste. Think about last year around this time, Eddie Kingston was being built against Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yep. That whole everything. I mean, it was an awesome build up. Him there was legit the... talk of putting a title on him. I know. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh my god. And Eddie where has he really been? Went downhill. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who are doing really well in AEW. <laughs> So uh, Dax Harwood has uh, mentioned on a podcast, I don't know if it was his uh, or if he was on somebody else's, but uh, they uh, the FTR has been granted time off from AEW ROH TV. Uh, I've got the quote. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Basically, he's saying that Tony Khan gave him his blessing to talk about this. Uh, he says he put Tony over. Uh, there's, he says he also does says there's things we haven't agreed on, as any boss employee in friend would. Uh, he... Opus said there, there was times he felt the boat was missed on opportunities for them. Uh, there were times they were happy, uh, but they're at the tail end of the career right now. It's most important. Uh, <clears throat> so they're going to sit back, uh, heal from all their injuries, from all those fucking dope matches they put on when they get the chance to, uh, and figure out what they're going to do for the next few years. They said whatever they do will be the absolute last thing we do as far as wrestling and, uh, yeah, basically, again, just putting over the fact that, you know, they want to take time for themselves and their family, and they want to figure out what they do next, which, and he does mention their contract is up in April. So, here's something to think about. They don't sign with anybody. Yeah, you can show, you pay us an appearance fee, and we'll show up. They can do some matches in become Japan. The first tag team to just really become their own uh I mean, since what, like the Road wrestler, Warriors? You know what I mean? Yeah. They could be the new Road Warriors. They'll fucking wrestle everywhere. I mean, yeah, Road Warriors came in the WWF for two years, took off, and went back to WCW, came back. Like, hmm. just wow. pay me. Yeah. No, okay. but I'm saying, like, it just pay me, you know. It, it, to pay me, right. we'll come there. And they are the hottest tag team. I will say, if you want to pull something off at the right time, really do it. The only match you really need to see right now with FTR really would be against the Usos. Both teams away from each other have had just very like stellar matches. I think getting them into WWE and feuding with the Usos, I'd be happy with. Wasn't it the Usos? FTR need a face. Right. It, weren't the Usos the one that recorded them shaving each other's backs? Yeah, I saw that got re-showed recently too, which is kind of funny. Like the, I'm sorry. Either that's someone still... posted it, but that's, that, yeah, that's the reason I would have quit. Right. So, I mean, you could either use it as kind of a, oh, yeah. How dare yeah. you record it's, my it's... most intimate moments? <laughs> no, you could just go, well, there's that too. You could just say, hey. What ODM and I do off camera. It... Yikes. You still over there? I think I lost uh, you. Uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what FTR had to say. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I. I... You put the titles on, in, on them in AEW, I feel I'm like, eh, too late. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you right now made Wardlow the, the world champion. No, I'm already, it's way there. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's over. another ship that sailed, that's for sure. But there's a lot of, a lot of people like that. Um, sure, sure. Understandably so. Speaking, speaking of, 
Did you have the earbud in during darts? You said you might because you would wait on the acclaimed if they would come on and say something about Saudi Arabia. No. I did watch it the next night, though. That's good. because But you definitely did not need the earpiece because they didn't come out until Friday. They did a quick little thing, but not a wrap. Right. But Hangman Page got his revenge against uh, John Moxley and won in the opening contest. What did you think of the match? Eh, it was all right. I thought it was a good match. The shit that pisses me off is the same shit that they do in every match, and I think they did in absolutely every match in this one, is where they trade shots. They trade chops. They trade forearms. Knock it the fuck off, dude. Stop. It's not in Japan, and it doesn't mean anything if you do it every single match. The... Uh, the part I don't like is Moxley now has the concussion, quote unquote. I'm like, oh, you're playing into the storyline of the yeah thing. Or maybe he's gonna get his vacation finally. All right. Well, hey, if that's it, look at. Can I at least fake a concussion so I can go home? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, I was not ready for nope. what happened. Yeah, not at all. And I kept my mouth shut with you. Um, I messaged oh, yeah. you the next morning and said, "Did you watch anything?" And the only thing I said to you was just one thing about what MJF said. I'm like, hey, we did it first, likely, but everybody else probably did too when you realize what it says. Oh, sure. Um, how Shivani set it up in the cue to the music was perfect timing because it took me just about to him saying, because he goes, I take no pleasure in introducing <laughs> this next guy. But when he said it quick enough, you're like, hmm, ah, maybe he fucked up. Or, it's you know, all I mean, about the boom! Oh my god! And as soon as I I put I go wait he doesn't feud with it, Brit. Brit. <gasps> it's all exactly what happened for me. I go oh my god the pop, unreal. dude the pop oh massive massive. It was and, a thank you pop like we yep. thank you so much for coming back. We've needed you here. Yep. First time I, since Forbidden Door. Yeah. Weekly Cornet reference. He encapsulated it perfectly. He talked about the pop, the p- promo being great. And he goes, he goes, you know what? He goes, no matter what you do to this guy's booking, you know, even if the fans are like, ah, fuck it, I'm tired of watching him wrestle. He goes, the people will pop for that fucking song. He goes, dude, they are fucking there. And I'm like, I'm the same way. I was frustrated with Adam Cole for a little bit there. And, but when that music hit, I was fucking all in. My eyes were on the screen. I don't know. It's funny. It's funny. The, I know about the the booms, right? Right. But like, if you don't really pay attention to the song, you're like, I'll just pay attention. But the crowd was doing the, Boom, doom. Adam Cole, baby, with the song, not just, you know, right. his hands go in the air. I was like, damn. And very loud, of course, you know, baby chant. Um, I was like, just don't get interrupted. Don't have some guy immediately come out here right. and talk shit. Let this be a thing. And he didn't dance around it too much like, um, who I can't remember who it was recently. He was like, and that's bad news. For you, Paige or Soraya, when she was like mm. in that, he did it kind of the same way, but a faster version. Like it did, it wasn't the same hanging. He was like just right to it, like I'm back, and it was. I liked it. It actually had me interested, excited. Good promo. I, and if he's a, if he can stay away from the elite altogether, don't even do a fucking backstage segment. He could be likely your next biggest face in the company that after MJF moves past Danielson, there's no way he's dropping it in the Iron Man match. He'll make him look like a million bucks. Both guys will make each other look great. Mm-hmm. Danielson's gonna not, not walking away with the title. Right. But by that point now, Cole 
will be over as shit, heading into double or nothing would be a great time for him to face him. If he's well, face MJF is a face. Yeah, and especially since he does mention it, he does say. He basically talks about being the best and, you know, proving that. And what's the best way to prove it? I went in the world title. So, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, and I think it'll give good fuel for MJF because Cole's already had a title shot and lost. So he can use that as, yeah. you know, his promo thing. Why would I give you a title shot? You already had one and you lost. Get to the back of the line. Yeah. You know what Last I mean? title shot you had, you got knocked out in it and never came back. That, because that's what happened for Brendan Dore. It oh, was yeah. him, Okada, Hangman, and... Uh, Jay White? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was the New Japan t- Championship. Or IWGP. Hmm. Um, eh, the next part, I'm, eh, come on, man. I mean, I don't need to have Benefer, you know, Jenna Affleck, whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, Jesus I know. Christ, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jack Perry and Hook are now jungle. Jungle boy, Jack Perry! God, that's jungle hook. That's jungle dance on hook. Hook dance on. Oh, suplexed hook. Jesus. But they defeated the firm. All right, we've slept on hook because they made us sleep on hook. He just hasn't been on TV. Yep. Um, But goddamn, watching him lift Big Bill over his shoulders for a suplex is pretty awesome. Big Bill looked good, too, in this match, I thought. Uh, you know, with Jack Perry, why are you trying to just keep teaming him up with random people? Or, like, why do we do this phenomenon of just teaming random people up? Hook should be a star on his own. You've got that damn title, so he should be defending it weekly. If not on fucking Dynamite, on Rampage. That's not happening. He fucking he wrestled, I think, once a month last year is what it came out to maybe, you know, like 1.1 times a month. And, and and I'm sorry, jungle boy is a fucking lost another one of the many lost. He was supposed to be one of the pillars. One of the pillars is fucking crumbled and gone. Yep. Well, out comes Konosuke Takeshka. Close enough. I'm getting there. (laughs) <laughs> Give me to the end of the year. I'll get it. Hey, I'm treating him with may, way more respect than MJF was. Sure did. Um, as soon as he hears music, he comes out. I go, okay, he's going to fuck with him. But he's supposed to be facing Di- Danielson. So maybe it's like, I'll pay you good money. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Something like that, right? Instead, right. he really berated and pissed him off. I'm like, Takeshi's just going to lay down. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like He's not really going to because he's a fighter. But I was like, why would you do that? Okay, that seems weird. But... God damn, if I didn't laugh my ass off on the opening line. <laughs> I just, I wasn't expecting Kanichiwa. It's just as soon as he did it. But the biggest wave where his hand went from one hip over his head like a rainbow to the other side of the hip. Like, Kanichiwa. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, are you serious? And then, you you know, you and I kind of talked a little off air. And you were like, I thought he was going to, you know, go at him about the Japanese language itself. Took a different role, which I liked, which was the, God, I thought uh, Brian Danielson was really bad on the mic. And it was it was awesome, okay? The moment was what it was. The match is what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great match between the both of them. And Danielson did an interview just a couple of days later saying that, Guys all over the world that he has wrestled against have mentioned you gotta you gotta wrestle this kid. This Takeshka kid is just phenomenal. Like he's just fluent, and the words exactly were 
he's he looks like you he's hitting you hard but he wants you to feel it too meaning like getting you in the moment because you know they make some of those hits look really really bad and um it it's nothing you know it barely right. feels like a, a tap watching them they were fluent in the ring together it was a great match and now i'm like the, the tonight's match is against bandito i'm like Oh, uh, you started too well. You started with the first one. I mean, like, I'm down for Bandito, but I've seen Danielson right. against every fucking luchador. You know what I mean? Like, it's, eh, maybe I'll be okay with it. I mean, shit, Bandito's last match, he had a broken nose from Chris Jericho that night. Right. Yeah, I that think that'll fun. still be a good match. I don't think it'll, I don't know if it'll top this. This was a, this was a great match. The only thing that ruined for me was fucking Cornette, man. Weekly Cornette reference again. He was he pointed out some of the logical shit. Uh, the brainbuster on the outside. He goes, "That would have been a hospital a hospitalization angle in Mid South." You know, obviously okay, now well, it's a different. It's Jake a different. Roberts's DDT was the finisher, and now everybody right. does seventeen <clears throat> off right. the top rope in a match. It's right, life, what, bro. One of my favorite parts was, uh, you know, so many people are like, "Oh man, Takesh to save that botch." It wasn't a botch. That's exactly what it was supposed to be. Thank you. Where he picked him up, and it was so beautiful because he just did like that reverse muscle buster, and then he fucking deadlifted him into a German for a bridge pin. It was fucking gorgeous looking. Yeah, uh, Cornette hated the ending of the match. Oh, you're gonna beat a guy's head until he's unconscious and then lock him in a submission. I mean, why not? Uh, I mean, you ain't gotta worry about it. I'm sorry, isn't Cornette usually go? This ain't goddamn ballet. <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> Okay. It was a great um, match. Fantastic. I have not sent you this picture. Um, I'm about to do so as we're talking right now. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't you do me a favor and talk about the next match, the the women's match there? Do I have to? All right. Well, well brief, I'll talk about briefly, uh, at least go over the fact that everyone was very disappointed. Yeah, so Renee Paquette, uh, real quick, had a little backstage interview with Juice Robinson. He's going to go after Darby for the TNT title next week, or, or later this week, or today. Jamie Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker versus Soraya and Tony Storm. I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about the match itself. Uh, we'll get to like just the obvious news of uh, Mercedes Monet didn't show up. So yeah. everybody is kind of bummed out. But you know what? Uh, they, they never teased- promised her. Yeah, they that did never promise thinking. her. They, they did never promise her. So, I mean, I understand that. Basically, oh, you want me to look at the picture first? Nope, don't look yet. Don't look yet. Okay, okay. So, we'll just quickly say this. Uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Hukaro Shida technically cost them the match. Yeah, the, potential heel turn. Dude, I called it. You did. You absolutely did, which I'll give you. Now, before you open this, I've had this thought for a while. And I'm like, I don't know if it's really worth bringing up, but goddammit, I have to, because there's no way I can't. After Jungle Hook, or no, I'm sorry, after the danielson uh, Tekeska match, Renee Paquette is backstage. Yeah, I just mentioned that. With hard, no, uh, rock hard. Rock hard. Juice Robinson. And I go, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Go ahead and open up the picture. Go ahead. There's two pictures I sent you. One is Juice Robinson wearing the New Japan U.S. Championship. The other is Joey Lawrence from Blossom back in the day. You can't tell me that Joey Lawrence did not grow up to be Juice Robinson. I mean, I guess. Fuck off. It looks (laughs) a lot like him. 
I don't care. From now on, that's not Juice Robinson. That's rock hard. I love Joey that you Lawrence. got a teen beat Joey Lawrence photo. Why does it look crinkly? Did you scan that into your fucking phone? <laughs> <laughs> it was the only magazine I had. <laughs> Did you scan this phone? <laughs> No, because I don't have a scanner, <laughs> and you and the lady at Staples have a lot of fucking questions. <laughs> oh, that's okay. great. End of that. End of um, that. I just think he looks like him. If you look like, I'm saying, Joey Lawrence back from the Blossom years, it looks like that's what, it looks like you throw a beard on him, call him rock hard, and it's not, <laughs> whoa, it's, yeah, there you go. Whoa. That's going to be his new taunt. He's going to accidentally do it one day. He's going to forget where he is. Uh, so, the uh, Jazz. Oh, J-A-S. Are this in the one. ring. This was, it went nowhere. It went it nowhere. It went nowhere. Yeah. The only thing that was over, Hager and his hat. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that he threatened to slap Ricky Starks' face off of his face. You know the first thing that I said to the TV was after I saw that. Kick your leg out of your leg? <laughs> Same. But how he said it, I bet you, 100% intentional. How he delivered it and everything, hmm. I think it was purposely intentional. They want him to just be this big dumb jock who loves his hat, and I'll slap your face off your face. He, what else? That and hat? You know, he's really got <laughs> nothing going for him. So... At the same, I thought that was intentional, to be honest with you. It sounded actually way too fluent to be intentional. Unless he's often threatening people to slap faces off of faces. <laughs> I don't know. I met him, and he didn't threaten me that way. Yeah. He just got mad that I said, hey, Jack Swagger. He was a dick. At the I'm sure he is, yeah. Huh? <laughs> that is kind of how he answered us, too, at the strip club. <laughs> hey, Jake. Huh? <laughs> If you're newer to the show and you've only caught more of the recent episodes, WrestleMania 25 weekend, uh, me and some boys were out at the the strip club the night before WrestleMania. Um, man, I can't remember the name of the strip club, but it had like five layers, five floors. You know what I mean? Of all Jesus. just different. Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. Um, and getting out of a limo was Jack Swagger. With a couple of people and a couple of girls. And we're just getting out of there, leaving broke and, you know, heading home to think about what we saw. And and we go, yo, Jack, yo. Huh? No, you didn't need a huh. But, and we go, oh, yo, what's up, Jack? And he goes, yeah, real nice, guys. All right, you know what? Fuck you. You're not even on the card this weekend. Why are you even here? (laughs) It was the first words out of my mouth. Because he wasn't. He was a lumberjack. In a wow. goddamn unified tag team title match. On the pre-show. Sounds about right. It's about a station. At that point, it was about right. One year later, fuck him. He won the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match. <laughs> huh? All right. Uh, and then in the main event. Carry on my way with seven. You knew the Elite was going to win. <sighs> yeah. Can I just say something? Uh, can I just say Not something real match. quick? It, it wasn't a bad match. Um, it was everything I expected it to be. What, There's not can, one what, thing what that I, happened I, w- I wasn't shocked with. What I fucking hated was Omega 
climbing the ladder, stopping every rung to like sell his back the worst way he possibly could. This the selling on his way up to get the titles was horrendously bad. It was embarrassing. There's a a guy that used to listen to the old radio show, and his name is uh, Taurus, um, and he goes by like Dat's Pain. He said it best. The dude is goddamn phenomenal, and I know it's a corny reference too, but. The dude is on fire and on another level when he was in New Japan mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago at Wrestle Kingdom and all the years prior. When you come to AEW, you do the goofiest fucking wrestling possible. And you, I could see why he calls you Twinkle Toes and Kenny Olivier. I never caught the Olivier portion when I, when I saw him in New Japan. But now when I watch him, like, he's the worst over-actor. Like, it, it's... And like, yeah, grabbing your your lower back. We get it. We get it. Guess what? All fucking six of you have been hit with chairs, tables, and ladders at this point. No one else is touching their back, bro. And the other one was that each rung that you're saying that he went up on the ladder, he didn't just go left on one. Right on the next one, he had to go up with the good, meet them together. Up with another one, meet them together. You know what I mean? Like Like he had to have each ladder rung had both sets of feet on it at the same time right. before progressing to the next one. And I was like, oh dear shit. And that's why I was really hoping for Death Triangle to pull out the, the victory at the end. But it was in California. It's the home of the Bucks. These guys yep. think that they're in what, what, what did uh it, Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, yeah, no, but what did uh oh. Punk call it? And he's like the uh Oh, uh, Palisades or uh, no, not Palisades. So wherever uh, PWG is, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true, and I don't know. It, it was all right, but I did get to see a very cool after Dynamite went off the air video of, some, of someone in the crowd, Omega putting over all the people in the match. And he goes, we don't care whether you really do love us or hate us, but he goes, those three guys right there, we respect. And... Penta, Phoenix, and Pack were all at the top and kind of like actually get the claps back. It was kind of cool. Um, and it, it just how he did it seemed very humble. It actually sounded really good. And God damn, it was cool, though, because the moment he goes, so without that, I bid you, and the entire crowd goes, I do. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, I didn't realize how over that was. I mean, like, I knew that it, he's been saying it forever. Right. I never heard a crowd cut him off on that part. It was kind of pretty big well because he does it mostly in japan and they don't they won't do that shit there yeah. you know what i mean so but yeah i listen the last thing i'll say about this is i you know i still hate the bucks uh they shouldn't have any titles omega you know knock off the olivier shit do your new japan shit i think it'll be a lot more tolerable uh but they all need to lose their evp status for this company to get any better agreed nick i heard broke a toe in like the first match yeah first yeah. or second match yeah. look at man you can't have surgery on that shit. You just have to stop moving mm-hmm. and just let it rest itself. There's nothing you can do on a broken toe. You can't even... It's just... That's it, man. Time will wound that toe. And he kept going all the matches. I will Because they could have very easily been like, okay, well, Brandon Cutler's our guy that we're bringing in. We've seen them do it for best of seven, right? Uh, right. Booker T couldn't go on at one point, and he appointed Orton to face Benoit on SmackDown. Okay, fine. If that's the way you want to go to extend the series, meh. But okay, I'll take it. All six guys did all the matches. Pack with a broken nose off of the first fucking match. 
Right. Not bad. Um, so rock hard Joey Lawrence had requested a match against Darby Allen and did have that match on Rampage oh, yeah, and Rampage. came up short. But, yeah. but you would have thought that would have been like the show stealer. I would have called it that. Nope. Uh, Ty Mello and Ruby Soho were like, you guys want to see how much a girl can bleed? Have you seen the pictures of Ruby? Oh, yeah. You couldn't tell it was her. Yo, it looked like Carrie. Yeah. The, it looked like she just got pig blood dropped all over her head at the prom. I was like, yo, is she dead? <laughs> no, but somebody might want to check on Willow Nightingale. Oh, yeah. That was kind of, yeah, that wasn't good. No, it wasn't she, good. It, it, yeah. I... The, it's funny because the only thing that came out of WWE this past week that was of worthiness to me is now they're doing these fucking Cody Rose vignettes. I'm like, just say he's coming to the Rumble. Right. Just say it. You yeah. ruined it. Say it. Unless there's no reason for him to win, mm-hmm. that he's not going to win, then, okay, do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Soften the blow. To me, man, you never can get the way you got Edge that year in 2020, right before the pandemic. No one expected him to come out and wrestle and go back to actually wrestling in a career after his Mm -hmm. neck. It's a good moment. Me, Diesel showing up in 2011. That was a big one. one. And Booker T because he left Impact and came over to there. And it's I like a surprise, man. Just leave it at that. It's not going to be any big surprises unless Vince has say on creative after all and he fucking gets somebody to show up. Well, if the Saudis buy it and they have anything to do with it, it's definitely going to be Chris Benoit going for round number two. What if Jay White shows up? Tell me you wouldn't at least pop. Benoit would have to put a Bible next to his head, too. Oh, oh, you meant (sighs) in the same match. Too soon? Jesus Christ, Mary and Joseph. I bet you that's what he was saying with that Bible. (laughs) Walked right right into that one. No, um, look, if Jay White showed up, I think the issue is... Not enough WWE fans are going to know who he is. Your marks will. Where's the Rumble this year? I don't even know. Which, what's the city? It's on the 28th, which is a Saturday. That's about all I know. Okay. The city matters. If it's like New York, you have Chicago, you got your mark cities where people are, they are really. Philly. Yeah. yeah. But if you if this is in like the middle middle of like Denver, no, you're not going to get the <laughs> the, the good apartment. The middle of Dem- Denver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. It is going to be in. Oh well, it's actually close. It's going to be in San Antonio, the Alamo Dome. <gasps> Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh my God! It, it is. It's going to be Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah, there you the go. Battle yeah, of the Rednecks. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Battle. Of the tough guys. Oh, wait, we did that movie already. So the only thing good on WWE this past week was Sami Zayn had to win on his own against Kevin Owens on SmackDown. Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns inform Sami, you're going at it alone. This is your apology for us losing on the night before New Year's Eve. Just as Sammy has Owens primed up, ready for a haluva kick. 
the Usos and Solo Sokoa come in and just start beating the fuck out of Owens. And Sammy was like, yo, are you guys serious? Like, I had it. And But then they take it to another level where they end up putting him through the announcer's table and Sammy has this look of regret on his face. Like, that's shit. That It's still my boy. This is still so compelling and it kills me because someone I saw right on one yo some people there's like I'm like one stupid fucking mark away from taking all social media off of my phone um yeah well it's a good thing Vince is back I mean look how bad things have been since he's been gone Sami Zayn in the bloodline that's like the worst thing that has ever happened to WWE I'm like are you trying to fuck with people or you really believe this and I can't it's, it's, tell sometimes it's either and a that's tr- what makes me <laughs> It's either a troll or a bot, because I saw one on Facebook. It was their time about how Riho's amazing and is the best thing to happen to the women's division. Okay, so it's got to be a, a good one. That's if either you're going to troll someone, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Riho! Now, I know you didn't watch this, but, man, no. I did. Friday, did really? Yes, man. Friday night, Impact, Hard to Kill 2023. Opens up. By the way, Impact has now moved their production levels of standards to Ring of Honor. Impact was always very sound. You have your intro package. You have the videos bleed into each other. And then, you know, you have your ring announcer. Whatever the case is. Sometimes when you're watching Ring of Honor, you're still here in the crowd. And they're trying to show you a video package. And it's just the crowd's still talking in the background and clapping and shit. And then you hear it. And that's why I'm coming after you for the world championship. Because they were playing it silently. They just couldn't get shit together. Impact kind of is having that issue right now. And I'm like, God damn. Like, I'm not saying editing is like my major skill. But come on. I, I do a decent job. When I watch it, it bothers me so bad. Because I'm like, maybe I have high standards of watching WWE, New Japan for all these years and, and everybody, you know, even WCW. You know what I mean? Like, it was not this bad. Maybe you had your couple of nights where, like, DDP and me and Gene were in the ring. Oh, shit, that's another thing. Sammy Guevara went to use the mic the other night, and it didn't work. It didn't one work, One didn't yeah. work, and he had to use another one. Oh, no, Daniel Garcia. He goes, this thing you've been on, and, and Jericho had to have mic, and I go, okay, you guys are having some issues lately. Two weeks in a row. One yep. caused Moxley to fucking freak out and just start dropping F-bombs. Funny, but anyway. Impact just improved the skills a bit. But they open with the entire roster on the uh, entrance ramp. Or not on the entrance ramp, but at the very top of the stage. Uh-huh. And the entire pay-per-view was in tribute to Don West. Um, I don't know. I think it's like Taya Valkyrie. Or Tara Valkyrie. I, I, Tara Valkyrie, yeah. No, 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 wait. That's Morrison's girl, right? That is Morrison's girl, yes. Then that's not who I want. Um, I Victoria. Who is Victoria in WWF? Gotcha. Whatever her name is in Impact, I always get it. I think it's like Tara or something like that. But, bro, hard, hard tears. I mean, she was there for a while, too. Facing your Gail Kim's, Awesome Kong, ODB's. Um, a lot of people were shedding tears. It was it was actually a pretty big moment. They did the ten bell salute, which I goddamn think they accidentally hit eleven, if I'm not mistaken, because I was counting in my head. But the funny <laughs> thing is, because their production level was so bad, and it was so quiet. Hey, thank you, crowd. Thank you for being respectful. But it was so quiet. You heard ding seven eight 
There, ding. Eight. There was a guy like doing it in the microphone on like a, a small little. That's countdown. hilarious. And I was laughing to myself, and he goes ten. And then after that, he goes ding, and I go, I think that was eleven. <laughs> but sound west, he earned it. Um, and here all of a sudden it opens up with the fucking world title match: Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray in a full metal mayhem match. Basically, your TLC match. Okay, here's the thing. You're opening with this as your world, your world championship is your opener for this pay per view. I knew heading into this that it's Mickey James, her last rodeo, kind of that Ric Flair thing we talked about. If you lose, you're done. And she said she wanted to make her way all the way to the championship. It wasn't the same as Flair, like if you lose any match, you're done. It was, I want to be a contender and get myself on a winning streak to become a number one contender. And when I get there, if I don't do it, I'm done. Um, so I was like, all right, well, your world championship, I'm in Josh Alexander, Bully Ray. It was great. And the storyline was so good. And because it's, you know, impact and it has like, I don't know, a thousand. I mean, no, not even a fuck thousand. I don't know how many people were in this arena. It could have been a thousand or less in the impact zone or whatever this arena was. And you hear this woman screaming as Josh Alexander is zip-tied to the top rope, both arms spread apart like on a crucifix. She comes in. It's his wife screaming from the fucking top of the arena. Josh Alexander's gets down in front of him, and they've made reference. She used to be a professional wrestler a long time ago, but this is his wife or whatever, and she is legit doing a great job crying please 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 don't hurt him please this is it this is it don't do anything i go she about to turn on her husband here or is she just like what's happening here because if he's zip tied how's this turning i'm into this and she goes please and he has a billy ray has a uh, trash can in his hand and he looks like he's about to hit her and he as he goes he stops he goes Give me your wedding ring. And I go, oh, that's a weird turn. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> and just as she grabs her hands, bam, double hand, or she or single hands uh, up to, uh, gives him a low blow. And one of those leaves your forearm there for about a good 10 seconds, you know, because the longer you held it, the more it hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't let them settle. Yeah. Um, it was perfect. And then she grabbed the cutters that were in the ring. Cuts him loose. She does a kind of a Spike Dudley kind of move to him, like where you jump off the rope doing a running bulldog kind of thing. And he did uh, a couple of his moves and then got Bully Ray to tap out. Storyline. It was really good. It had me. I knew nothing heading into this. So it was pretty decent. Then out comes Frankie Kazarian to say that you can either be complacent and sit by... Or you can leave and make your own story. And it's official. He's left AEW and he is signed full-time with Impact Wrestling for a multi-year contract. <sighs> Promo could have been a touch better. He goes, "Yeah, it, did you see it? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. He goes, <sighs> and to quote one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands, ACDC. I go, oh, Jesus, I got big balls? Like, where is this going? Like, oh, She's got like, the jack. He go, he, it's a long way to the top, 
if you want to rock and roll. Uh, and I'm here to rock and roll. I go, eh, yeah. I'll give you a six on the landing. It was okay. <laughs> I'm going to give it a six. It was just, it's too, I swear to God, first words out of my mouth when he goes to quote ACDC. I'm like, I've got big balls. <laughs> so then backstage, Victoria is sitting backstage with Mickey James. Victoria is in full blown ugly tears because it could be Mickey James last night. And she's like, I'm just so happy that we're here together. They both started WWE. At the same time, Mickey James was in Ring of Honor for a couple of minutes before going into WWE mm. and having that feud with Trish Stratus. Uh, and they went in around the same time. And, and so they've been together for a long time, even with Impact. Another thing that Mickey James was a part of was Raven's Gathering in Impact. So in walks Raven, looking old as shit, yeah. and goes... I'm not saying that this is your last night. I'm just saying I'm glad I could be here tonight. Gives her a hug. Victoria crying harder now. Jesus. <laughs> so then Motor City Machine Guns, they have a four-way match with uh, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, the major players, which is Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, and Heath and Rhino. It was an elimination match, so if you get pinned, you go to the back, and the match keeps going. After the major players were defeated, they still end up coming back and somehow helping the Motor City Machine Guns retain their championship. Then we have Joe Hendry defending his... Okay. I almost made this a bring it to the table, but I can't. The Digital Media Championship. Can we find oh, a new yeah. name for this thing? It sounds like you beat it out on porn with each other. It's just... Anyway... Moose defeated Joe Hendry by using the championship and cheating. And then all of a sudden, while he's celebrating, a logo comes on, or music hits, and logo comes on, oh, and it's Santina Marella! Yes, son of a gun! Fuck you. If you're, ha you're not happy about it, I don't give a shit, dude. I like him as a character. And he had a badge. Like, like I'm talking like the lethal weapon badge. The one that you wore around your neck with the chain. And it was just the uh, little leather piece with the, the badge in the middle. And I am your new authority. I don't give a shit. I thought it was great. He restarted the match. He got a dusty finish. Joe Hendry has his championship. Whatever. I was in. I don't care. Boo! But the next one, I liked. If you want to tell some long-term story booking, this is a phenomenal way to do it. So Jonathan Gresham, he signed with Impact Wrestling, and he took on Eddie Edwards. So I'm like, okay, so Gresham's going to come in here and start clearing house on everybody. No, Eddie Edwards actually lost the or Eddie Edwards won the match. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Impressive. And the lights go out, and the crowd starts chanting because of these electric uh, visuals on the screen. It looks like lightning bolts. PCO is in the ring. And the best part is he starts spitting out dirt out of his mouth. Straight. Yeah, I don't even give a shit if it was uh, cocoa powder, dirt, whatever it was. It looked disgusting. 
that he had to <laughs> out of his mouth dirt and chunks were falling on the ground because at last we've seen him well over a year ago Eddie Edwards buried him I like it is PCL I thought the, that what, was was PCL the one that died in the wedding angle or was that somebody else no nah, that was someone else someone else died in the wedding angle um I forgot no! who, oh my God, they killed him <laughs> no! Tommy Dreamer showed up in the Bully Ray match as well by the way um, but it just the, the wife was a more important part it was just funny he was just coughing up dirt like he just got out of the grave and the first thing he wanted to do was avenge that thing that Eddie Edwards did to him it was awesome it's different I guess I'll I'd have to it. see it yeah, yeah. I, well it, long term story booking yeah so then here we go. It's the main event. Knockouts Women's Championship. Video package was great. Mickey James, you know, just it, it, if you did watch, there was a thing called Before the Bell or something like that. I did see on YouTube um, where, man, she actually talked about WWE. She mentions them by name. They gave me the opportunity to go in there last year as the Impact Champion and, you know, be in the Rumble. Um, I got my career there. I, I wouldn't be anybody without that place, but I also came back here to be hardcore country and, and everything. It was a really, it was a really, really good uh, video package on Mickey James. Then Jordan Grace is like, I respect her. She's one of my all time favorites, but I'm not allowed to let, I'm not about to let her career dictate my career. I was like, Ooh, I'm in. And her and Jordan Grace had a really decent women's match. I'm not going to say it was like one of the best women's matches I've ever watched. Um, first, Mickey James came out completely embracing her Native American background culture and had a full tribe dance going on around her. She was down on the ground, face down. And her hair was, you couldn't really see that it was even her. And this dance was all going on. Then she started raising herself up. And the crowd was seeing it was her. And she's all decked out and tribal you know uh garb and it was really really cool man i i was like that and they said it's one of the only times she's ever embraced her native american culture yeah i was gonna say tv but that's why i was like well she's done they pan over to victoria sitting front row with mickey james's family and kid the only issue i had with this is no nick aldis either nick aldis is completely Mm. banned from impact wrestling with whatever the fuck happened years ago or my theory is he's about to head over to WWE. I have this weird theory that Nick Aldis may be going there. He could be. Uh, he could have his. He could have his match with Cody. Oh my god! See, that'd be awesome. Anyway, Mickey James wins. Yeah. And I was like, huh? <laughs> no, no. It was more of like a huh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but what's funny is the crowd was so behind Mickey to win this every near fall. And then Jordan Grace gets her into a quick Samoa Joe-like chokeout from behind where, like, you did a kick out and she just fucking grabs you real quick and puts you in, a, like, the, the chokeout and wraps yeah. her legs around you. And Mickey, I think, was trying to say, I can't breathe. <laughs> Could you lighten up? And she kind of did a quick little tap and then started moving around. And the crowd just was so fixated on it. They're like, you tapped out, you tapped out, you tapped out. And they went on for another three minutes. 
you could tell they were trying to expose a turnbuckle and Mickey's weak little hands could not get that thing off. So instead, Grace went shoulder first into the pole and then Mickey did her bulldog thing that she does and she won the match. Crowd still you know, liked it, but they didn't have as big a pop because they were all so fixated on the fact that Someone technically may have botched or whatever. I'm like, okay, man, it's fine. Just move the fuck on. They didn't even use it as a finish. It was an accident. Right. She did right. tap. I don't think it was purposeful. But either way, man, they brought a decent pay-per-view. I was kind of impressed with Hard to Kill. My main reason for watching it was wanting to see if Mickey James was going to retire. Hook, line, sinker. They gotcha. Yep, they did. Every time. Well... Let's get a table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! All right, man. So I've been on a little bit of a kick lately. Been on YouTube, uh, which is where you're gonna find Vice's Tales from the Territory series. Uh, pretty good, man. Listen, you know, while I still, you know, talk about you know Barry Windham and the Midnight Express and the Freebirds being like some of the first wrestlers I remember. I don't really have a lot of history and knowledge on the uh, on the ter- different territories, and man, they had some good ones. They had, uh, I think they had Mid South with Ted DiBiase was in that one. I think Jake the Snake was in it. I think Jerry uh, and Jeff Jarrett were in it. Jim Ross. It was just great, and it actually started getting me to rethinking about the uh, the episode we did of Top Fifty Black Wrestlers. And I felt like, because I remember we left somebody out. We left Jay Lethal out, and then we left somebody else out. And for a second, I thought it was JYD. And after seeing that and seeing the impact that JYD had in Mid-South, I was like, fuck, I definitely got to redo this list now. Now, I am mistaken. I had JYD right about where I should have had him, so I'm good. I don't think I need to redo the list. It was Bad News Brown that I forgot. Um, so, yeah, and I would, if I went back, I would, I would only do the top 20 this time. J, or, uh, Bad News Brown and Jay Lethal aren't cracking the top 20. So, uh, no need to redo the list. But, again, uh, they had one on Portland, Mid-South, um, uh, World Class Championship Wrestling, uh, Memphis. Uh, it, it, it's great. And, they get, and they, for the most part, they get some heavy hitters. Jimmy Hart was in one. Uh, and just hearing them tell the stories is fucking great. Uh, they had they actually had Chavo Jr. in the World Class Championship one because his dad wrestled there. Uh, and just hearing some of the stories, man. A lot of them have to do with guns and knives being pulled on people. Uh, just crazy shit. So uh, fun stuff. Check it out. You see people fighting with guns and knives, yet I still just see Kenny Omega running by with a dog in his hands. <laughs> God. Kenny That's Omega so running out of the all media scrum, all out media scrum. <laughs> Still such a good one. Um, look at I am going to say in advance. I am going to skip the professor's wrestler of the week. I actually want to give a nod to a specific wrestler, um, and I'm bringing him up in my bringing to the table. And I'm going to say that. Look at I don't have a whole big lot of background on this guy, but from what I read just last night, something just got me and you get a lot of people that when it comes to this business they put the business first or their life first um and you see a lot of families get torn apart things like that and my wrestler of the week slash bring it to the table is about elix skipper which i know that nightwing huge fan of skipper from impact wrestling he teamed with christopher daniels for many many years um and was a part of 
Uh, actually, even the WCW power plant wrestled for WWF or WWE at one point. Look at you got me doing it now. Uh, WWE at one point and, of course, TNA. But what got me is he just did an interview recently, and people want to know why he just backed out of wrestling, you know? I mean, he was a part of Triple X with Low-Key and Daniels. I mean, it was one of the biggest stables in the early days of TNA. People were on board with him and thought that he had a very big future. Um, but one of the reasons is, is and this is his exact response, I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I had an older son who was shot and killed. Once he was killed, I tried to come back to wrestling, but my heart just wasn't in it anymore. The scary part, I love wrestling, but my family comes first. When he was killed, I was scared Jesus. that I would, I would be on the road again and something else was going to happen. I made the choice between wrestling and that I love and the family that I love. Obviously, my family won. I try not to do interviews or anything anymore because... I try. I, you keep doing the little things, and the next thing you know, you're back on TV or doing something. I'm spending it with my family. Um, all these years later, my wife is still saying you should go out there and try to get some stuff done. She is pushing me. So I don't know if we'll ever see him back in the ring, but he was a phenomenal wrestling talent. Um, I mean, he is. if I had to compare him to someone, Ricochet, hands down. He was your 2003 Ricochet. The dude was just off the charts, more athletic than everybody on the roster. And in it sucks that he did pull himself out of it because of those circumstances. At the same point, again, I mean, if he was on the road and tried to go back to work, man, those guys drink them their lives away or pop pills to, to numb the pain of all the things that they lost. So when I read that last night, I had a lot of respect for him off of that because I was like, yeah, where has he been, man? What's going on? I read it. I go, oh, shit. So <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I will say, if there's anything of, a, of the Professor's Wrestler of the Week, I'm going to give it to Elix, Elix Skipper, and I want you guys to just take a look at any match with him and Christopher Daniels tag teaming. Honestly, this is what, P, what T, put TNA on the map, was guys like this back in the day. And then you had your Hogan's Bischoff coming in and be like, we're going to take over and fuck this all up. You know, kind of like works. everything going on with AEW right now. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear one thing of Corny this week, his uh, take on Vince Russo, because Vince Russo did some writing for something, and I don't know what it was, but he put out a tweet or something, and it's like, as I told Vince McMahon years ago, I don't know where it comes from. It's just in me, this good storytelling stuff, and just listening to Corny and be like, what the fuck? He's like, everybody thinks I'm just bragging on him, but what the, is he, what the fuck was he smoking? <laughs> Yep. He's terrible. Oh, man. I mean, it was Vince Russo's idea to have Big Show get on top of his father's casket as Big Boss Man dragged it away at the funeral in front of his family. Good shit. Yeah. um, Well, fortunately, we get to talk about Vince Russo in this week's wars. Oh God! I, I look at I before we even get to the wars. I do have to say there's a, a little stat or a quote. They're not stat, a quote. It was a stat thing I found that like some news station did, and they said after watching one month of just Monday Night Raw, there was 148 crotch gestures, 478 bad words said like within a month or something like that. And it was like the 1998 time. I go, oh, I'm so excited to watch this shit with you. <laughs> 
It's just going to be a shit show. It's I mean, Goldust started it off a couple of weeks ago, in mm-hmm. my eyes. Yup. Oh, we're heading <laughs> now. Well, let the games begin. Let's go to the wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Are we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the Battle have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! I got you! At the Royal Rumble was overwhelming. I like it because I'm Paul Bearer and you're not. The casket, the casket, the casket's on fire. <laughs> we don't need no water. Let that motherfucker, motherfucker burn. burn. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love that, man. I forgot. Honestly, let's be honest. You say Royal Rumble 98. Everybody remembers Sean breaking his back, and everybody remembers Austin's winning. But that's some good trickery when you're like, where did he go? I don't remember him leaving anywhere. How did that happen? Did he roll under the... I'm saying, like, I've watched that many times, and it's one of those ones I still don't know how they did it. Oh, you know? I, I have an idea. We'll talk about it when we get there. Santa and the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Spaghetti. Pot. Wall. And Undertaker all under the ring. Okay, here we go. Royal Rumble, 1998. Uh, where are we? What, what state is this? San Jose, California. Okay. Yeah, I got to say, this pay-per-view and the Raw following... Some of the best shit we've seen so far. I love it. This pay-per-view is great. Uh, Minus some things, but, you know. I will say, uh, as I always like to mention, if I can remember, uh, that boy's house for the Rumble and my own house for this Raw after. And, dude, this is one of those Raw afters when you're mixing in my favorite boxer of all time. I don't give a shit what he did to Holyfield about six months ago. <laughs> I understand, but I don't give a shit. I'm, that's still the that's the baddest man on the planet. You're bringing him into WWF? Oh, my God. It was, to me, in 98, this was, as much as I shit on the Attitude Era, this thing had me hooked. I was so excited. And Nash, I think Kevin Nash is the one that said, once they had Tyson on screen, I said, that's it, we're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go on a segue here. I know there's a lot to cover, and we just talked about how much there is to cover, but fuck it, I'm going on a segue here. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Uh, One, after this, I have to re-listen to our F the Attitude Era 
episode where you and I gave pros and cons. That was a fun one. I got to go back and listen to that just because we're in the middle of it now. So I feel like I got to go back and remember what you said was shit and what I said was good and see if we hold true to those. You're like, I absolutely hated the Austin Tyson. Hear me? I'm like, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But a, a quick tangent. I saw, you know, you're talking about Tyson. I saw an interview he did where he talks about Customato talking to Ali, like cussing him out after the fight with Larry Holmes, saying, why'd you let that bum beat on you? Like, Cuss is crying and all fucking hyped up. Like, why'd you let that guy beat on you? You know, and Ali was at the you know, end of his career right there. So, you know, so Tyson ends up fighting Holmes. And Ali comes in and says, hey, hit this guy for me. And we all know what happened after that. <laughs> it was just great to hear Tyson tell the story. It was great. All right, one last side tangent. You ever watched a movie that was on HBO mainly? It was called Tyson. Never saw that. No. I know what you're talking about, though. It was like 95. Yeah, yeah. And it was done with, I won't get his name right right now, um, but it also had Theo from Cosby. He was like Tyson's best friend, ended up coming in. And... It showed everything, him dealing with Robin Givens, all that stuff, everything. And But then years later, there's been other documentaries, movies, and things about him. Look, what I like about him, and it's my biggest thing I'm going to say before we move on, he's an open book. He does not deny anything. You know how many people just go, I, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. I, I mean, did Alec Baldwin shoot on purpose? We don't know. But I'm saying that Mike Tyson knows for sure. He did what he did. Let's move on. <laughs> and we're off the rails already. <laughs> what are we talking Found about? Oh, title. yeah. Did Alec Baldwin shoot? <laughs> Jesus Christ. When did this turn into the Alex Jones show? Because if, if it is, I'm out of here. <laughs> I like the view much better. Black helicopters <laughs> flying overhead. All right. Royal Rumble 98. You got a video promo at the beginning. We see Mike Tyson in a luxury suite in the arena. First match. Goldust, or the artist formerly known as Goldust, with Luna versus Vader. I have no idea what Goldust was dressed up as. All I know is he was wearing a cod piece. Not Dude, surprising. it was like when you tell your kid to go get dressed and they put on like 18 <laughs> different costumes or uh, garments. Like, it, nothing made sense. Even I was like, I don't know what to name this tonight. Like, you came out as Dude Love. You Bro. came out as a woman. This? Hmm. Yeah. Even it, in it 2023, I can't identify it. <laughs> it doesn't change. My kid just left the house in black sweats, a House of Guitars hoodie with a Yankees jersey over it, and a Bills winner hat on. Figure it out. All right, call him back. We're pulling him into the room for a conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck there was a... We need to talk about his style. <laughs> yeah, right. I am mad at it. I'm just saying. There was a sign in the crowd that said, Tyson killed Tupac. and 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 much like yourself for the first time in a long time a good chunk of the stuff i am watching on the because it's easier than having to set up everything that i have you know while i'm in this airbnb they have the, the the apps and i saw that and i go oh they kept that sign huh okay (laughs) <laughs> they were given a list of high points to deal with, and other than that, they said, fuck it, apparently. Uh, Jim they Ross got all no- blackface, and not gold dust, but uh, the rest of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> JR announces that Austin's not in the building, but he's in his truck on his way. 
Uh, Luna causes a distraction. Goldust hits a low blow during the Vader Bomb setup. He sets up the Vader Bomb again. This time, Luna jumps on his back, and he hits the Vader Bomb with Luna on his back. Pretty fucking cool-looking spot for the win. And I don't know if WWF did this as a shout-out or they did this in post, but right after the win, they fucking ringside, camera-focused, dead-on Vlad. Like, there was no mistake. They didn't just show the crowd. They were showing Vlad. He was dead center, front and center. Cool. Well, it's got to be deliberate because you're like, this dude's going to give you the most uh, actual marked out answer that we really want for this outcome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Zoom in on him. Yeah, yeah. Vlad was there. Hashtag release the documentary. Hmm. All right. We see Austin. Austin show up to the arena in his truck, which is being given away later tonight. They completely gloss over that. Michael Cole's back there. Mr. Austin, Mr. Austin, can I talk to you? He says, I ain't got no time for your damn questions. Here, park my car, tosses his keys to him, and he just walks by him. (laughs) (laughs) I love that shit. It's the little things, man. It's the little things. I ain't got time for your dumb questions. Park my car. (laughs) Where's your little damn red jacket, son? Here. Uh, the Godwins, uh, right after uh, Austin goes through the door, Godwins come up to Cole looking for Austin. Next, we get Sunny of the Ring. She is the special guest referee for the next match. And Wait, wait, wait. Can I guess? Can I guess? It's got to be uh, people that are not of tall stature. Uh, WWF refers to them as minis, and that's what it is, a six-man minis tag match. The best part about this was, because I didn't watch the match, the best part about this was Sonny flirting with Fink. (laughs) That was the best part. (laughs) Yo, oh my God. Oh my God, I just realized it. Not only... Sonny fucking Fink, too? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you realize you just fucked everybody on the roster? (laughs) I'm sorry, man. I almost want to say that. I mean, it's, yeah, anyway, so here, look at. I got to think this out out loud, but I think I got this. You got your sunny days comment. You got your moment where she's sitting on the heartbreak kid's lap, and he has two in the pink, one in the sink. Anyway, so, and they, I'm trying to say this. She has now been hard shifted into Minnie's matches. She was now, let's go back, Summer, she was managing tag team champions. Right now, going to guys who are just at the right level to put their face into her boobies and motorboat. I think Sean was done with her at this point. And he's like, yeah, Vince, I, I, yeah, no, I, I ran it. We're, we're good. We don't need her that much anymore. Because how much longer is she going to be around? She'll come in and do a little D, uh, LOD spot at, uh, what do you call it, uh, WrestleMania? Mania. Yep. After that, I think she's done. I really feel like as Doesn't soon as she long. got entered into the minis division, as we're going to call it, Sean well, was done with her. And that's the fucked up thing, man, is because. And Bulldog, apparently. Th- this time, this time, you know, you know the attitude, the, the attitude era, is when she would have excelled, right? Mm-hmm. And she didn't. And I've heard Cornell t- Cornette talk about it because Cornette's the one that found her. She was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. 
So Cornette's the one that brought her up. I'm saying, like, to me, I'm no, but but what I'm saying years is years old, and I'm now realizing that this is what it is. Is I really think that she wanted it more? Was the politics got that fucked backstage because way more than ever? I don't think I ever realized it, but like you're right. I mean, who's the better fit for? She was your pre-sable. At yeah. this point, Sonny could have been getting goddamn gangbanged in the ring. And Sable's over here just wearing potato sacks. She could have worked for the police force. <laughs> she could have. Move on. That was a long tangent Jesus about Christ. Sunny. Doesn't matter. She ain't listening. She in jail. <laughs> oh God! They go backstage. The Nation of Dominations looking for Austin. Uh, and Farouk says to Mark Henry, "Hey, it wasn't my idea for you to join the group. Uh, you have to prove your worth and beat down Austin." So they break down the door to Austin's locker room, and it's an empty room except for a foam middle finger with Austin's logo on it, sitting on a chair. We go back to the uh, suite in the arena. We see Mike Tyson. Now he's sitting with Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. If I'm not mistaken, this is the first time we've seen seen Shane McMahon on WWF TV. Um, next, we get The Rock interviewed by Michael Cole. Uh, they bring up the free-for-all recap uh, where the nation was backstage arguing about who's going to win the Rumble. Uh, and the Rock, Rocky goes, The Rock's fan wants to know what he thinks about President Clinton and Paula Jones. He says, President Clinton, when you lay down with a dog, you're going to wake up with fleas. Don't be silly. Cover it, Willie. <laughs> the fucking... <laughs> the fu- <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you know what else was pretty fucking good? The Rock versus Shamrock for the IC title. No nation at ringside. Rock's cutting his promo on the crowd. Uh, Rock hits his signature DDT. And you know... The, we, we talked about it before, The Rock is so good at getting the heat that he gets. And the crowd was fired up, giving him shit all match. But when he hit that signature, like, spin move DDT, the whole crowd shut up and went, ooh. That was pretty fucking impressive right there. Not only could he do it with the mic, he could do it in the ring. Fucking amazing. Com and D'Lo eventually run down. Uh, they both get knocked down, and Rock pulls out the brass knucks while the rest distracted. <laughs> And uh, after he hits Shamrock, he stuffs the knuckles in Shamrock's tights. Great move. God damn, I can't remember the last time I saw that even Amazing. between now and then. It was, it, I liked it. Throw him Amazing. right back in. Shamrock. Not back in. Throw him into a guy that never had him to begin with. <laughs> exactly. Shamrock kicks out. D'Lo gets caught in the ropes. While the ref's distracted, but somehow Shamrock gets the win. While he, while the ref was distracted, he hit a belly to belly, side to side belly to belly suplex, covers him. Ref's, distra- ref's distracted, still comes over and counts three. But if you want a fucking hardcore definition of what a dusty finish is, this is a dusty finish because Not dusty gonna finish. Lie, it got te- me. Yeah, it yeah. Me. I go, wait a second. Yeah. I don't remember him winning the championship from mm-hmm. Rock. Yup, same here. Yeah, same here. Good one. Yep, uh, because a dusty finish is when the face wins the title 
and then loses it because they get caught for doing something. So naturally, Rock gets up, tells the ref, hey, man, he hit me with the knuckles. Check his tights. Checks the tights. Oh, you got the knuckles there, huh? Fuck that. Reversing the decision. Rock keeps the title. Shamrock snaps. Uh, Mike Kyoto was the ref. Hits the belly to belly on Kyoto and then puts the ankle lock on him. And then fucking all the Stooges and refs come down to break it up. Shamrock's in fucking pure batshit crazy mode. Good moment. Good moment. This was great. This was great. This was fantastic. Um, a quick side note. Uh, should I look now or should I wait? Oh, definitely wait until after the show. Okay, very good, very good. All right, so next, the search for Austin continues. This time it's the Bariquas. They break into a locker room. They see a guy Wait, hang on. I'll just say, hey, everybody, it's our logo this week. (laughs) Just, we're good. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, They jump some guy sitting in a chair thinking it's Austin, but it's not. Uh, It's uh, somebody from DOA, and the rest of DOA comes in, and they they brawl. There you go. Uh, We cut some racist shit. Yeah, See a bald man sitting backwards. Well, I like, gotta be Austin. It's all bald, dude. I don't know how that's racist. Bald isn't a race that I'm aware of. Well, white, bald. I mean, how many are on the roster? All right. All right. Oh, yeah, I meant at least one. <laughs> now two. All right. They they go back to three. Show if you count his brother, technically, because they're twins. <laughs> right. They show commentary. And there's a sign behind commentary. It says, Vince, your tag team suck. <laughs> I thought about that. Speaking of to be the logo this week, Vince, your tag team suck. I'm like, that's like a lifetime logo. Yeah, I could have right. used this at any point during our show. We Pretty still good. may. <laughs> Pretty, good odds. Pretty good odds on that one. All right. Uh, next, we get our tag team title match. It's New Age Outlaws defending against Legion of Doom. Outlaws are wearing Packers. Oh, my God, right before the tag title match. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that fucking hilarious? Talk about timing. Yo, whoever that guy was, well-timed on <laughs> Props your to you. sign, dude. Vince had him killed. Yeah, the uh, New Age Outlaws are wearing Farv. Money yet. They're wearing Farv jerseys since they're in California, mocking the Niners. Um, let's see. Cole's backstage with Legion of Doom uh, right before the match. There was concern that Animal wouldn't make the match. Apparently, there was a dark match or a house show or something. Animal got a back injury from DX putting him through on the announce desk. And I love Hawk. Well, you know something, Mikey Cole? <laughs> Mikey Cole. Why have we not called him this more? <laughs> I think we're going to start doing that moving forward. Um, Outlaws try to powder during the match. LOD brings him back. Hawk locks in an STF, and JR calls it out and explains the move. Show you how prevalent that move was back in the day. Apparently not a lot. He fucking called it Vince out. Vince was he, busy. He was not paying attention. <laughs> Wait, is he on commentary back there? No. Exca- he actually had to Excalibur go wasn't born And yet. there's an, an arm drag. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Road Dog handcuffs Hawk, Hawk to the ring post. Dude, I what I really liked about this, it's, a, it's kind of a tired spot, right? And I kind of knew what was going to happen before it happened. But the what I really did like about it was Hawk is yelling to Animal. He's calling him, Animal! He's trying to yell out to him. I liked it. It was a little thing, but, I mean, it worked. Uh, gun heads up to the top rope. Animal's barely able to reverse it into a power slam. You know that move where the guy goes for a splash, you catch him in, and you turn him over into a power slam? Mm-hmm. Ooh, he dropped Billy Gunn right on his damn heed. <laughs> it, was, it was something yeah. else. Well, you know, here's the deal. I kind of understand it, right? So imagine a guy 
is jumping off the top rope. You're ready right, to catch him. And as you hold, as you put your arms out in the air, you go, should not have had that bottle of Jack. <laughs> and you're just not ready to catch him and turn. And at that point, you're both on the ground holding your head. If it was Hawk, going. I'd have understood that. I don't know that animal was boozing that hard. Oh, shit. I thought, yeah, wrong guy. Wrong guy. Anyway, Road Dog uses the chair on Animal to break up the count. It's a DQ. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> it's a good trick. Uh, they start beating down Animal post-match, and Hawk, as you would probably expect, just rips the fucking handcuffs in half, goes in. Uh, I am not a proponent of headshots uh, you know, with chairs. Oh. And I'm all for being safe if you're going to do it. But don't make them look like shit. Hawk made it look like shit. So, yeah. anyway, that was that match. Uh, we well, you sh- see, when a chair's coming at you and you had a bottle of chair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, you're the wrong guy, though. So you still had it backwards. Huh? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm going to go on another fucking tangent here. I saw another interview. It was Shamrock. Talking about when Rock hit him in the head with the in the face with the chair. You remember that? Is that WrestleMania 14? I think so. Uh, it, no, uh, I think it's prior to 14. It, it's on the Raw. You, or I don't think it's at, it's either at 14 or the Raw the prior Raw, to. But yes. okay. Yeah, and he says he's talking about how he goes Rock. He goes listening because he goes he goes I hated headshots. He's like, but it's like I'm a fucking MMA fighter. Hit me in the face with it. So he goes back to Rock. And he goes Rock. Hit me in the chair. He goes. I'm not going to hit you in the fucking face with a chair, man. <laughs> it was just that whole back and forth. It was a cool story. So. And honestly, there are some of those moments where you watch a good chair shot and you're like, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. He swung it like a baseball bat at oh, his yeah. head and hit it like he was Barry Bonds on steroids, dude. Like, it was... And Shamrock asked for it. That's the best yeah. part. He goes, bring it. Oh, I can't wait till we get to that. That's yeah. going to be a fun thing to watch. They'll probably edit that on the Peacock. I don't know. I bet you they don't edit the 23 chair shots to Mick, so. Well, they didn't edit Dustin last week. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, they show Austin truck in the back again, and they announce the winner of the truck. It's from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. That's Shane okay. McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Royal Rumble match. I have the complete results here. I'm not going to read them all. If you have a question, you want to bring something up, I have the specifics I can give you. We're going to talk about the high points here. High points. Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie start. Uh, they've There's already chairs and garbage cans in the ring. One, one thing I didn't like was Chainsaw Charlie would keep pulling off the pantyhose, off his head so you could see it was clearly Terry Funk, and then he'd put him back on. He did that like eight times throughout this. Uh, at well, one point, when you're though, in the middle of a robbery, you got to keep the thing going. <laughs> at one point, he pulls off the pantyhose and he just tells Mick, "Go ahead, hit me, hit me." Cactus fucking hits a headshot. He t- do it again, and Cactus is like, "No, nah, fuck that." He gives the chair to Funk and says, "You hit me in the fucking head," <laughs> which he does. Just so and that you was... know, right here, I have to tell you, this exact moment is when I go. <gasps> This is the rumble. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. During watching them go back and forth, I go, oh, my God. I think this is the one. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. They beat the piss out of each other. Was Rock third? No. Uh, no. Uh, Brandy was three. Rock, Brandy was three. Rock was four. 
Okay. Yeah. Yep. Let's get going here. So, uh, because not only did they work multiple, not only did they have this Royal Rumble match, they were really strategic on working storylines in this oh, exact Rumble. Oh, the more I much... watched it, I go, this was a very well put together Rumble. Yep. Yeah, this was uh yeah, that's what that's basically what my notes are. So uh King's teasing that somebody in the back got to Austin. All right. Owen, Owen Hart comes in at number nine. He gets jumped by Jeff Jarrett and Jim Cornette on the ramp and he disappears. Uh so in a hilarious move, uh the first elimination I believe is Tom Brandy. Uh the next one is Cactus Jack, and Chainsaw Charlie eliminates him. Then Mankind comes in, <laughs> and he eliminates Chainsaw Charlie, and commentary is just hamming it up. They know what's going. On. They know what's going on. And again, Jeff Jarrett comes in at eighteen. Right after Jarrett comes in, Owen is revived. He runs to the ring, beats the shit out of Jeff Jarrett, and immediately eliminates him. You get Honky Tonk Man coming out at 19, but that's not what's important. What's important is that Triple H and China follow him out. Triple H is still on crutches. Owen gives him the old bafungul. China tries to use the crutch <laughs> on <him. laughs> Sorry, it's been a minute since I heard that, man. I know, right? <laughs> China tries to crutch, uh, use the crutch on Owen, but he grabs it. Triple H hits him from the other side with the crutch. China pulls him over the top. Owen gets eliminated. He chases them to the back. Number 22, the buzzer goes off and nobody comes out. Lawler's like, oh, that's got to be Austin. I told you Austin wasn't going to be able to come out. Okay. Uh, I'm still not understanding this number, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so 22, uh, yeah, nobody comes out. Uh, Phineas gets eliminated after that, and uh, they reference it. They don't really show it too much, but Phineas on his way out, he kicked ref Jack Doan in the head. Actually gave him a concussion. No shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave, fucked him up. Um, I'm going to tell you something, man. If you did not see what happened in that Packers game, you don't shove, the, or was it a Steelers game? Which one? No, Packers. Whoever shoved the referee last week. Oh. Jesus uh, or not a referee. The the medical staff comes yeah. over and you push them out of the way. I was like, oh, you're done. Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. What were no you thinking? No But Especially now, medical job, staff Phineas. are fucking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're gods right now. You can't fuck with them. So they announced 24, and it's Austin. Massive pop. Everyone in the ring stops because everybody wants a piece of Austin. Uh, I'll stop and backtrack real quick. They did mention it. Number 22 was supposed to be Skull. That's who the Berwick was jumped in the locker room thinking it was Austin. He got oh, injured in that. Oh, what a cop out. Yep, 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 yep. That's how they did that. Yep. So there's that. Uh, while everybody's looking at the ramp, Austin does his thing. He slips in from the crowd. He blasts Goldust with a lariat. It looked like Goldust did not see that thing coming. Farouk comes in at 27. He immediately goes after everyone in the nation, especially Rock. At one point, Rock and Austin go to the floor through the ropes. Uh, at some point, Dude Love comes in. <laughs> so there's your fucking hat trick. He's got his well, three personas. I do have to say this. Uh, I just listened to, uh, no, 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 back it up. I just read an interview where Foley was mentioning that this match would not have happened without the people he had backstage. Some of those boots went up beyond his knees. 
And you can't see it because of how oh, things look. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you had to have people ready for complete costume changes in time. And let me tell you something. I just recently ran and went to take my shirt off and thought, fuck, get me scissors. I can't get it off of my body. So I kind of like, you know, there's no way this first persona, which is Cactus Jack, a T-shirt, soaked now at this point after wrestling, fighting, and those cactus pants. Now you got to get into even tighter mankind gear. Fine. Dude love is a goddamn tie-dye at the end of the day, and that's fine. But still, everything you have to do, kind of give it a lot more props. Um, but I have to say, I, I wanted to do it, but it was going to be way too much to be a, a logo or a meme or a logo for us. But one of my favorite memes is, you ever see that one where a guy is yelling in the gir- in the ear of a girl at a bar, and he's like trying to tell her something and it looks like she doesn't give up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it says, but what you don't understand, it's goddamn crazy. It comes out as Cactus Jack, right? It's over. And then also, it does the whole fucking thing. That's awesome. I don't know why, but it makes me laugh every time I see it. Like, you don't get it. It's the same guy. (laughs) Uh, But no, props to everybody who did that whole thing because, all right, by number two, we're like, okay, that's cool. I think we were also, because he came in at number 30. Vader came in at 30. I think dude... And he was 29. Dude came in at 28. Okay. My point is, at this point, you're hoping for other people. Even though you want Austin to win this, you're hoping for other people. It's a rumble, right? You want to get surprises. They held it off just enough where you go, it won't be you love, and all of a sudden you're... (laughs) Good work. I love it. So, no, one of my favorite rumbles, more than I actually remembered while watching it, I go... This shit's entertaining, and the oh. the bounty is on Austin's head. Pretty much, uh, dude loves trying to eliminate uh, Mark Henry. Farouk comes in, shoves dude aside, and eliminates Henry himself. And we're down to four people. We're down to dude love, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Farouk. Farouk eliminates dude love. The Rock eliminates Farouk. It's down to Rock and Austin. The crowd is fucking hot. Yo, let's just say Farouk is in the final three yeah. of the Royal Rumble of 98. Kind of Absolutely. a big thing that people probably don't really talk about much. If you had to say who are your final three at the Royal Rumble 98, no one's bringing Farouk's name to the picture. But but that's how big the whole nation thing was. I, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. The whole storyline and bringing them to the very end. I liked it. Even though I knew who was going to win, it was still great to watch it play out. Absolutely. It's Rock one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a stunner. Rock goes over the top. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. They show Tyson. He's hyped as hell. Uh, the Rock is your Iron Man at 51 minutes and 32 seconds. Not bad. And he didn't do a lot of sleeping during that thing. He didn't just go to the fucking floor and camp out for 20 minutes. No, he didn't Bob Backlund it from 1993. He didn't, he didn't Chris Jericho it from 2016. And 15. And for, okay. <laughs> right. All right. Main event. Main event. Well, before that, we got Michael Cole, uh, Mike Tyson, because he has to let you that Cone Stoled is my man. Cone Stoled Creamery. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put it in there. I thought you'd appreciate it. It bothered me when he did it back then. I'm like, no one's getting mad at this dude. Or are they just like, well, I'm not going to correct him. Are you? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. You know what's funny is that after WrestleMania 14, there is the 
extra footage that you get on the VHS tape or whatever, and they have the part where Michaels looks pissed off leaving with DX after the whole incidents with the, the press conference and everything after getting knocked out by uh, Tyson. And Tyson goes, and everything's awesome, man, when Cone stole. And Austin goes, it's stone cold before I need to whoop your ass or something. And I'm like, God damn. I'm like, it's so funny that it took him four months to let him just keep saying Cone stole. Or was it a plan all along? Like, Ooh. they heard him say it. They're like, yeah, yeah, you got it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> you got it. You're saying it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. You're Close good. enough. All right, main event, Taker, HBK, casket match for the world title. Tyson's in the suite doing suck it chops. Uh, early in the match, Taker botches uh, a press last slam. Last thing, and I'll, I promise I'll, I'll stop interrupting you for Royal Rumble. You won't, but that's okay. He gives the worst chops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's spasming. Like, really stiff. Like, you're using uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's two-by-fours as your suck it <laughs> arms. Like, the, like the yeah. toughest, stiffest arms. Swatting down, I'm like, Jesus, there's like no give to his body. It's just weird. It is terrible. It's it like terrible. watching a 90-year-old man trying to do it in a nursing home. Uh, pretty you want to suck it, lady? Yikes. So, yeah, Taker botches a press <laughs> slam, and then it happens. Shawn Michaels basically breaks his back. Over the top, hits his back on the fucking casket on his way out. And, dude, the crowd saw it because they fucking, they all, like, they had a gasp after that one happened. They're like, oh. All right. Real question. Was he supposed to go over it completely and not touch it? Or I'm not understanding what the end game was because it was already too close to the ring. You weren't going to land on so, top of it. The, it was either you're hitting the corner or you're trying to make it look like you hit the corner and fake it. We or say it completely. We say it in our thing. We've never worked in the business. So, I mean, take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. That literally happened right after the botch press slam. So, I don't know if they're just like, well, that didn't fucking work. Just go over the top rope. And they weren't paying attention to where the casket was. That's my only... I'm grasping at straws here. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I mean, because it's the... It was the follow-up. You're right. Yeah, it was. So, that's that's I immediately thought that. But who the fuck knows? Um. Yeah, uh, they they both end up in the casket. They have the casket cam. HBK uh, HBK avoids the loss by throwing powder at Taker, but he completely missed his face to the point where Sean threw it a second time. What was left in his hand? This was not their greatest match by any means, but I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it definitely was not. Uh, HBK hits a pile driver on the steel steps. That was impressive. Uh, we get a sweet chin music. He rolls Taker into the casket. He stands above it and does the suck it, and Taker grabs him by the dick. And then throws him into the ring by his dick. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. In a uh, row? <clears throat> yeah. Taker misses uh, his flying lariat. He ends up rolling into the casket. Casket, And this was pretty fucking impressive. Dangerous and stupid. But Shawn Michaels gets to the top rope and hits his elbow drop while he's in the cas- gas- casket. It's pretty fucking it's a crazy spot. Tight quarters. Yeah, no shit. You got to fucking nail that. Uh, the lid closes with both of them in it. Uh, Sean's trying to escape. Taker drags, drags him back in. They eventually come out. Taker hits a choke slam. Tombstones him into the casket. China knocks the ref out. The Bariquas and the Outlaws run in and attack Taker. Lights go out. It's Kane. 
The JR calls them Brothers of the Night. I kind of like that. I almost kind of like it better than Brothers of Destruction, but maybe they were workshopping it at that point. Because the opposite of Brothers of the Night is she's a woman of the night. Never mind. Just move on. Yeah. JR uh, says that. Uh, Kane cleans house. He looks at Taker. During the stare down, DX pulls HBK out of the casket. Kane does his taunt for the pyro. The pyro never goes out off. Yeah, it's always fun to watch when that happens. <laughs> happens like six times through I six know. to seven times throughout uh, Kane's career. Yeah, it's kind of funny when it happens. That means that many people got fired. Because <laughs> you know Vince didn't like it's, it. <laughs> like he puts his arms up, goes down, nothing. I swear to God, baby, this never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. He choke slams. T- Kane choke slams Taker into the casket. HBK shuts the lid. Bearer comes to ringside. He helps Kane padlock the casket. They roll it up to the top of the ramp. Kane gets a gas can and an axe from Bearer. And Kane starts using the axe on the casket. Now, he did a couple shots to the side, and yes, that would have hurt Taker, but the casket was deep enough that him just chopping an axe into the top of the casket wasn't going to do shit to take her, but he does it anyway until there's like, you know, a hole in the top of the casket, pours the gas into that hole in the casket and on it. Uh, JR goes, it smells like gasoline. You're like 50 feet away. There's no fucking way you can smell that. Okay. <laughs> well, good job for eating the thing that's a gasoline <laughs> on the side of the tin. <clears throat> Bear lights matches his hands. It's a cane. Lights that motherfucker up, and that's how we go off the air. So, how they did it. When they roll the casket up to the top of the ramp, there's a massive drop drop cloth there. I now, it's like, it's, it, it's likely, it was likely primarily there for fireproofing, but they probably easily could have just had a trap door there. That's probably what happened. I don't believe it. I, or he's really he supernatural, and they just burned him alive, and he came back. This is the last time we'll ever see him. All right, let's get on to Raw. On to Raw. Solid pay-per-view, man. January 19th, 1998. <clears throat> we get a graphic at the beginning in loving memory of Juanita McMahon. It would have been so much better if they said The Undertaker because of <laughs> the night before. Because who the fuck is Juanita? Uh, never mind. I don't. It's, never mind. It's Vince Sr.'s second wife. Not Vince's mom. Yeah. Not the housemaid. Not the, well, you never know. Could be, actually. I mean, her name is Juanita. Oh, my God. It's Big Daddy. That is my father. That is my name. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Vince McMahon Jr. Is the... Okay, move on. Yeah. Anything Takers... else? Preston. <laughs> oh, the derailment continues. Hey, I'm not a police officer. Just yeah. move it on. <laughs> yeah. Taker's music hits, but it's Bearer that comes out instead. Bearer has got heat, man. Uh, he says, I got you, didn't I? And the crowd is chanting, you suck. Well, if I do, I must be good. <laughs> <laughs> Most I mean, people deflect. I learned from your mother. Yeah, this right, day, he's like, well, right. I, I do. Mean, <laughs> it was a clever response. You got to give him that. Paul Bearer literally just recaps every single thing as long-winded as he can. The gong hits. Lights go out. Druids bring the casket out. One guy that was, because you know it's usually the boys that they dress up, you know, the undercard talent, you know. 
One of them was so big, the hood wouldn't cover his face. And he keeps trying to bow his head to cover his face, but he can't. So you just see this. I was trying to see who it was. I God didn't recognize damn it, Phineas. It. I think it was D-Lo. <laughs> My favorite line out of this, and I use it in the, the sound. I'm Paul Bear, and you're not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Solid, okay. solid way to end your promos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the casket opens. It's Kane. There you go. Next. Because Undertaker's dead. Because he's dead. DX is backstage. Triple H uh, is uh, taking. He's talking about taking Owen out of the Rumble. Uh, he puts over Shawn Michaels. And then, you know, they're all fake upset about Taker being burned up. And they say, well, we're going to find Undertaker and bring him back tonight. We'll see how that goes. Next, you get DOA versus Farouk, Kama, and D'Lo. D'Lo does the head wobble for the first time that I've ever noticed it in this match. That was cool to see. Uh, it turns into a brawl, as you'd expect with DOA. It's a double DQ. The Rock and Mark Henry come to the ring, and then Shamrock and Ahmed run in and uh, clear the ring. There you go. And then Next. Uh, yeah, I will say seeing the head wobble, it was the first time I saw it, too. Uh, it was nice to, to catch it. Good to see. Uh, right before we go to break, we see a hearse pulling into the back of the building. And then what we all feared, what we all hoped we'd never have to see, Vic Venom doing a vignette for the WWF magazine. So I said to Vince, I said, bro, let me tell you something. Put me on as Vic Venom. We'll push the magazine. I'll shoot on everybody. It'll be the greatest thing ever, bro. In the night before, we'll put Undertaker on fire. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, God. Talk about things you should just take out of the Peacock Network. Whether Seriously, it's good, why didn't they censor that abortion? All right. Next we get Tom Brandy versus yeah. Mario because that, that thing is still going on. Uh, no trickery with Sable this time. She does come out with Mario, but Mario has the boxing robe. Makes... Uh, Sable put it on, and on the back it says, Property of Mark Merrill. Keeps her smashing titties in order. Yeah, that's another fucking Russo abortion right there. Uh, Merrill, <coughs> excuse me, is standing in the ring. He turns around to have Sable take off the robe. Brandy, Brandy had good placement on this one. He moves Sable out of the way. Rather than grab her by the shoulders, he doesn't put one hand on her arm and kind of move her to the side. He grabs her by the hips. And moves her over. Like, when he did that, I'm like, what's he going to do? But he just moved her. He just moved her. Uh, and he smashes Marrow. They, they kickstart the match. At one point, somebody delivers flowers to Sable. Marrow sees it. He's not happy. Confronts Sable, smashes the flower, and says, hey, go to the back. She stays. I don't understand what Sable was trying to accomplish by distracting the ref. But she did it. It allows Mero to crotch Brandy. Maybe some, t- You know what? If you were abused domestically the way she was, maybe you would try to cost <coughs> your husband a match every now and then, too. Stockholm Syndrome? Sure. Yeah. Afterwards, Mero attacks Brandy with the flowers. This has to be... I bet you the flowers are coming from Goldust. You never know. I mean, he did. He, he never got his shot with uh, Marlena. Or Marrow. I had that backwards. Never mind. That made no sense. My favorite moment of the night coming up here. DX approaches the hearse. 
And it's and it's great. You've got to love this because Triple H, they're like, all right, we're going to open the door. We're going to open the door. We're going to do it on three. And Triple H is like, all right, one, two, three. And ah! <laughs> Sean Michaels was like, no, one, two, three. <laughs> I appreciate you guys hitting a good lethal weapon joke, man. <clears throat> to me, it's it's so stupid, but at the same point, it's so funny when anybody does it. I do it like I did it this past year when I told you I worked at Jazz Fest in Rochester. They're like, all right, everybody's going to lift. One, two, three, go. And I was like, well, wait, hang on. Are you doing it on the three or on the go? Because I don't want to mess my back up. And they're like, huh? Never mind. Just fuck it. Just let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so China opens the door. And six women just come out screaming, climbing all over Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And they all get back into the back of the hearse together. And then they show China, who's holding the door. She rolls her eyes, and she just slams the door closed. <laughs> Listen. See, I had the same dream, but China joined. <laughs> she strapped that weight belt. Or, never mind. Uh, all right. Tyson's nice here. Limo. <clears throat> all right, let's move on. Tyson Limos. and Austin! See, that's my first mistake, is giving you more time by pausing. Limos started arriving. It's Tyson's entourage. And what I, again, Shane, two nights in a row. It's Shane coming out of the limo with Tyson. Acting like he is the security guard of Mike Tyson, by the way. Leading the charge of some giant, very big guys who were walking with Tyson. But Shane's walking in front like he already is in the Ministry Corporation in 99. It was very, it was funny to see. That's why it was natural for him, because he's already acting like that when he's not even involved. <laughs> They've only said his name twice. Let our white boy money man just lead us in the way here. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, hey, next you want to talk about a throwback match? Jacques and Pierre, the Quebecers, are back. Taking on Chainsaw, Charlie, and Cactus. Cactus no at one point. Mouth. What's that? No dirt in the mouth from PCO. Mm-hmm. No dirt in the mouth, no. At one point out of nowhere, Cactus just decides he's going to put the mandible claw on the ref. And it's a DQ. It was a shit show. Shit show. Excuse me for one minute. One minute. Could you could you imagine, though, you come back to the WWF for the first time in a couple of years. You are now, like, it, this is the first time that both PCO and, or, you know, Pierre and Jacques are back. And it's the first time they're on WWF television. They went to WCW at like mid-96. And the first thing you do is win by a weird DQ because one guy couldn't hold his shit together and he goes ahead and just beats up the ref. I was like, come on. I would, I swear to God, it's like this is the same shit I left here for. Why, what am I back here for? One other, What I find more interesting is that we have Let me, Yeah, like, come on. Let's, let's talk about honest truth here. That chicken nugget pen just hit too hard, didn't it, like a little while ago? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, <coughs> I just watched you throw up a lung over there. What a fucking professional <laughs> I am. I think it's interesting that we've seen the Quebecers in WWF leave to go to WCW and come back since we've been doing this. That's how long we've That's been watching true. this. Fuck. Sad and true, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And then after uh, this, uh, we ain't seeing either one of them until PCO's like, you know what? I'm going to act like a guy who's fucking dead. <laughs> there you go. Still relevant. I like him, though. Yeah. That bump. Oh, my God. That bumpy ticket, the G1 Supercard of Honor, just off the top rope onto the just the regular floor. 
on the outside. I'm like, oh my god. He's like, well, I'm 58. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Might as well accelerate it, <laughs> I guess. Apparently, uh, DH is backstage. They're still on the hunt for Undertaker. They run into the minis. <laughs> Why don't you give us some answers? No short answers Sonny's either. There. Please tell me Sonny's there. No, Sonny is not there. I mean, she, she might have just left there. Who knows? Um, She's working tonight at the police station. Sean is like, I can't talk to them. I can't talk down to the to them like that. China, China grabs him, lifts him up so he's eyes to eyes with Sean Michaels. <laughs> he's like, you know what? We're not going to get anywhere with this. Let's go. Triple H says, Nachos Grandes, amigos. <laughs> okay. It's it's a really funny, fucked up, sad, and racist segment. But overall, just watching China lift him up and get oh, face great. to face. And I he's just wobbling. Go, this he's is just, great. <laughs> he's just kicking his fucking arms and legs the whole time. Next, we get Blackjack Bradshaw versus Jeff Jarrett, accompanied by the Rock and Roll Express, who have their NWA tag titles with them, and Jim Cornette. This is for the North American title, the NWA North American title. Cornette's on commentary putting over the NWA, talking about how WWF is disrespecting its roots. Uh, the Express are interfering throughout the whole match. At one point, Wyndham tries to interfere and help, but Jeff Jarrett ducks. Wyndham hits Bradshaw with a lariat. Jarrett gets the win and retains. But Bradshaw attacks Jeff Jarrett post-match, and then Cornette comes in with the racket, turns it around. Wyndham helps Bradshaw up and turns on him. I am a huge fan of this because these are people that I watched when I first started watching wrestling. And this really could have been something. This could have been an invasion angle. Unfortunately, it's the wrong time in history. It was the right time because it was a changing in a guard and the story would have made sense. But, you know, the NWA team never would have made it past week one. So, Yeah, I was still thinking they should have used it with my baby tonight. Well, thank God you haven't sung that in a while. I know I just did my own coffin nail with that one. <clears throat> All right, let's go. All right. Spinning. (laughs) (laughs) I was just waiting. Uh, All right. DX, backstage again. Shawn Michaels still can't find Taker. Triple H points kind of above the camera, and the lights go out. We hit the war zone. Vince does a quick pre-record on Martin Luther King Day. Long live the dream. Oops, I thought you were somebody else. <laughs> Tyson and his entourage are shown leaving the dressing room. We go back to the arena. The gong hits. This is the third fucking time the gong has hit tonight. Working. Taker, you see Taker repelling from the roof into the ring. It's not him. It's Shawn Michaels. Uh, DX music hits. China Triple H come to the ring with a barbecue grill. I immediately knew what was coming up next. Hard. There's marshmallows, there's sticks, there's hot dogs. Triple H and Shawn Michaels are wearing chef's hats. Triple H says, "We have we, me and Shawn brought jumbo weenies, but China has the big stick. On the go. The, <coughs> I'm stopping it. I, 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 yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. You're good. I, I'm not going to lie. I actually, this is one of my favorite segments. I do remember. Do you like it? How do you like your Undertaker? Like it. Well done. I just I, I like that whole thing, man. It was well, just it's it was a good segment. Yeah, it's rare medium or well done. Because you're burning the dead man. Yep, pretty much. 
Uh, my favorite line was uh, they, you know, the Undertaker outfit that he was wearing when he repelled that was sitting on top of the grill, and he goes, "Oh, where'd you get those clothes from? A fire sale?" <laughs> I, I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, the sarcasm was pretty decent. Triple H starts cutting a promo on Owen. Sean puts, gets one of the sticks. He puts on a marshmallow, then a hot dog, then another marshmallow. And he sticks it right in front of Triple H's face while he's doing the promo. And he stops. He looks over. He goes, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and then King says, hey, control yourself, Jim Ross. <laughs> Could you imagine getting paid to do their job that time? Wait, so I'm going to go out there with a grill. And I'm going to play around and do a bunch of dick jokes. All right, cool. I'm popped up on a lot of pills after last casket match anyway. Let's do this. Yeah, it was pretty amazing that he was able to get through that. I don't know. I mean, I guess must have been some fucking good pills. Uh, Shawn Michaels. You know, cut the top of wrestling. <laughs> 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 That's what you call a callback. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, the best part about this was uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of this while Sean's cutting a promo on Austin. He says he could finish his promo and he goes, son. <laughs> I, yo, I'm so glad you brought that up. When I heard it, that was the first thing that came to my mind. And I was like, ah, we can't go two for two in the same. No, that's fine. About son. But dear God, that's that's. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, I mean, when you are talking down to someone that you burned, I guess that's pretty fair. Son. I'm going to give that an eight. I'm going to give that an eight. Thank you. I talk, I'm going to give it a nine. I want you I to move on nine. before I ruin it, though. All right, let's go. Tyson's <laughs> backstage with a Legion of Doom, and Sonny comes in and does her thing, and the boys have a look on their eyes like you know what's going to happen next. Sonny just joined the police force. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I feel like that we trick, have a hat trick. Bad boys, what you want? What you want? When Sheriff Megan here comes for you, Mama, take this badge off of me. Jesus! <laughs> All right, yo. Oh my God! Please tell me we're at Tyson Austin. We got to move on. I can't. I'm gonna ruin things. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we at the Top of Wrestling would like to apologize for the unexpected interruption. We are experiencing technical difficulties and expect to return to our normally scheduled podcast momentarily. Be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Okay. I can't recover. I, I even with <laughs> Just give me something else. That's the episode name. Sonny just joined the police force. <laughs> <laughs> you can make her forehead extra big on the picture. <laughs> All right. Yo. 
my shout out. <laughs> shout out to Butabi. Because this girl was a uh, oh. pharmacist in their area. And he said, no wonder my prescription used to take two hours to come from the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Let's... Uh, Jesus Christ. All right, let's start. Royal Rumble. Here we go. 98. Now we're on (laughs) Raw. All right. All right, man. Let's get to the main event of Raw or what there is. All right. Before things go even further, let's just power through this. Uh, Shout out to Savage. Well, I thought that was all fucking being recorded. What were you? (laughs) Oh, you just want to keep it in there? I mean, we did the technical difficulties, but we can leave it. I didn't think people wanted to listen to us, you know, fucking pant like, and catch our breath. To take a breath? I, I don't think I don't think I don't think people want to listen to us pant for fucking ninety seconds. We're good. All right, I'll edit. Okay, power twenty twenty three editing. Hey guys, we're at the main event of Monday Night Raw. Not a wrestling. Uh, main event, but it's a big uh, attraction. All right, it is. I'm trying to get away from the fact that we've been talking about a hat trick that the officer did, and I'm not just talking about it on our show. All right. Sex. <laughs> Vince is in ring for the main event. He introduces Mike Tyson. He has his entourage with him. He says, oh, you've always been a big fan, haven't you? <laughs> Mike Tyson and Austin go face to face. Austin shoves Tyson. It's a pull apart. Let's go to Nitro. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate Dragon wins. (laughs) We got to get through this. I don't know how much more I can take. (laughs) I promise I will not interrupt you anytime soon. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm sure I'll take care of it. Unless Open up Ray with... trailer comes out. <laughs> That's not, no, no, okay, no, no, a, you're reaching on that one. We open up with Eddie Guerrero versus Rick Martel, and Rick Martel wins. Did not see that coming. Uh, Hogan no. attacked the model. Yeah, I'm trying to lead. Yeah, him. no, I'm you're trying, trying to go, go, go. No, Hogan attacked. Uh, they show Thunder. Hogan attacked DDP with a crutch. Um, so it was supposed to be. Uh, Let's see, it was Nash and Macho versus Luger and DDP. DDP couldn't compete, so it was Luger in a handicap match. This the whole thing was a shit show, okay? Nash wouldn't take the tag from Macho. Then he dumps Macho to the floor. Hogan runs down Macho. Nash slaps Macho. Hogan runs down Nash. Luger takes out Nash. Macho goes out. Hogan runs in, racks Hogan. Luger racks Nash. Macho off the top, hits Luger. Not sure if he was going for Nash or not. Macho holds up Luger. Hogan goes for the kick, but Luger dodges. Hogan and Macho nose to nose, giant to the ring. Macho pushes Hogan into giant, gets choke slammed. Everybody Jerry, runs out. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> That's how much of a shit show that was. It was a really big, yeah. yeah, Shit show is the word. I I was like, who, what, huh? Yeah. Bischoff uh, comes out with Hogan to the ring. They have Sting's bat uh, from that previous segment that I just powered through. Uh, Hogan says, yeah, tensions are high, but everybody's falling in line, and I will beat the Giant tonight. Next, Marty Jannetty versus Chris Benoit. Can we all say a quick prayer for Marty Jannetty, please? The flock comes to the ring during the match. Benoit wins with the Crippler. Kidman tries to hit a splash, but he hits Janetti instead. Sick boy gets a move in on Benoit. Talk about after a match, someone you could have left a Bible next to. You're stretching. You're stretching. That's not a stretch. Yeah. Poor Marty needs it. Sean. Marty killed the guy. 
So did Vince Neil. Christ, Just, he only did 90 days. Yeah, that's Ray Lewis. Oh. Uh, anyway, Janetti takes the side of Benoit and helps him clear the ring. Oh, did there you go. go. Next, we get Jerry Flynn versus the Cat. They started this off as like a shoot MMA match to an extent. Um, and Cat wins with that bounce off the turnbuckle spin kick. I'm pretty sure he completely whiffed it, but he still got the win. No, he missed. Solid yeah. miss. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hall comes to the ring at survey time. He calls out Zabisco. He says, I'll give you a chance to bow out because, you know, I got to be ready for the title match I got for, for winning World War Three." says, hey, you were AW champ, but the boss was your father-in-law. He goes, me, I'm a Dusty guy. He's like, hey, he's like, so, you know, and he calls it out. He's like, you know, and a Dusty, he goes, I- I'm sure you're pretty proud of me right now. Cool moment. I liked it. I'm getting tired of the survey time shit. Hall's doing these promos. They, they aren't really good. Oh, this anywhere, is about but. to be, well, you know what? Actually, it, it pans from him to Conan, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, Conan was, yeah, he was your guy. But now that's what I'm saying. Like, he starts to get things going, though. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, speaking of Conan, him and Buff are taking on the Steiners. Scott does not tag Rick in during the whole match. He wins the match solo. DiBiase runs him down. Uh, Rick's not happy. He gets in Scott's face, and Scott just walks away. But we all know that in a month or two, they're going to reconcile their differences and just go on the biggest run of their life. Hey. <laughs> Hour two. We can... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Should we take a break? <laughs> I don't think we need another one. All right, hour two, Gene's in the ring. He's looking forward to a private party next week with the Nitro Girls. Good to know. If I got to love fucking Gene. The profits were back there back then. All right, right on. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, he calls the Giant to the ring. Hogan and Nash come to the ring. Nash has a travel coffee mug with him. Hogan has Sting's bat. Macho comes to the ring. What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> no. I still love it. Uh, Hogan says, hey, man, go to the back. He does. For, he starts to go through the ropes to the floor, and then he comes right back in. He shoves Hogan into Nash. Nash runs into the Giant. Giant throws up the choke slam taunt. I remember, they've got the bond out. Giant can't touch him. Uh, Nash throws the coffee in his face. Hogan attacks him with the back. Sting makes a save, hits a death drop on Hogan. Sting's got his bat back, and Sting is whispering something in a Giant's ears to get him all pumped up, which apparently works. <clears throat> Not in the area he wanted, but... Yeah, right? <clears throat> oh, Jesus Christ. Next, we get Mortis versus Booker T for the TV title, and it's announced that starting next week and moving forward through all eternity, which is the next two years, Nitro will be three hours long. Fucking great. We are going to have to be selective on what we're talking about. I'm just going to start. I'm going to leave wars. some. I'm going to leave some stuff out. Next, and uh, this guy yeah. won. On to the next part. Pretty much. Uh, yep. Uh, this one fucking even commentary got caught off guard by this one. Mortis goes for a run off the top of Booker, reverses it into a power bomb, and dropped him right on his fucking heed. heed. They were talking about it for the next five minutes. <laughs> yep. It was, it was nasty. Uh, this is a famous little one, moment I feel there. Like. It's. I gotta be honest, man. I forgot all about Booker T and the TV title time that he had and do you know what I, I think this may be leading to soon is Booker T and Chris Benoit best of seven in WCW I believe that's what we're heading towards for the TV title it's it, I, I'm excited for this yeah 
Like I said, they got some high spots every once in a while. Um, Wrath comes to the ring. He attacks Booker, hits the death penalty, but Martell makes the save. Why is he obsessed with Booker T? Is it because of Sherry? Why is Martell on TV not once but twice tonight? (laughs) That's the question you should have been asking yourself. Well, there's that. I just thought it's funny because, you know, Sherry was with Booker. Martell was with Sherry. So, you know, I just thought it was a weird thing. And he goes, he goes, hey, how about a shot at that title? (laughs) DiBiase's on the roster, too. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, we get our weekly flare promo. So was Savage. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were still listing off people that were with uh, Sherry. Scary. You're right. You know what? I shouldn't add input to the show. Go ahead. <laughs> no, Move on. I'll fucking sit here quietly until the okay. top topic. Go ahead. In the corner, please. The acoustics there are pretty good, though. I'll probably still hear you. <laughs> Flair says, what are they going to call the nature boy after he beats Bret Hart? Uh, he lays on the ground and says, Scorpion this, pal. I think you are on the right, you know, death, Scorpion Deathlock, instead of calling yeah, it the sharpshooter. Wrong guy. Yeah, I know. Why didn't he just call the sharpshooter? I don't know. I didn't get it. Brett comes to the ring. I I love Brett to death, but man, he's he's the worst because he he just can't help grin as he goes down a fucking ring. You know, this guy's calling you out. You're supposed to be a little bit pissed off, and you're just looking, and you got that half smile on your face, that fucking Charlie Brown smile. Like you. That's why I hated Ronda Rousey walking down the ramp. Every I know. Time. Hi everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna kill someone. <laughs> uh, Gene, fucking. Becomes a toady for Flair. He's like, oh, th- this time was supposed to be allocated for you, R- Rick. I can get, f- I can get security to remove him if you want. <laughs> Brett says he's been wrestling since he was in diapers until this very moment, and he's been waiting for this very moment. <laughs> I think we should be talking to Brett's parents. And why the fuck were you having your kids wrestle in diapers? Yeah, see what you do here is you shit in your diaper. Smashes <laughs> shit in his face. He doesn't like it. He takes it or he taps out. You know, I may have made his dad a little bit like Macho Man. Yeah, that, that was totally bit. Macho Man. That was totally Macho Man. But that's okay. That's all right. Push your shit in. <laughs> Oh, man, too bad that wasn't the quote for the week I did, Macho Man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you know what? The thing is, this whole heart flare feud is great because they did it in WWF, so you had that reference point. And the feud is based on the pride of being the best wrestler. Fuck the title. I'm the best. Yeah. But it's WCW in 1998, so we get what we're we gonna get. fuck it up. And yep. it's funny because <clears throat> this match was done for a Coliseum Video Classic originally with him and Hart. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was a a house show where Brett won the championship. So right now, uh, this is the best time for WCW to capitalize on the entire thing, and they won't. It's kind of like when you're like, ah, we'll bring in Warrior and we're going to do WrestleMania 6 again. No, you won't. This is the prelude. We should have been paying attention to Bret Hart and Ric Flair. It's not going to pan out. Yep, 100%. Uh, next, we get Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera. Apparently, Juventud lost the title back to Rey Mysterio on Thunder. Okay. Jericho wins with a Lion Tamer. He won't release the hold at first. Uh 
Ref tells him to break it. Jericho gets on the mic. He goes, ah, I didn't realize he tapped. Ref didn't make it clear enough. And it will never, ever. (laughs) I popped. I popped for that one. Uh, He apologizes to Hoovy. He doesn't respond. He attacks him. Ray makes the save. There you go. Next, uh, you've probably seen this match once every two to three weeks for the last few months. Scott Hall versus Lex Luger. Macho runs in. It's a DQ. Luger goes after Macho. He shoves Luger off into halls. Abisco actually goes to make a save, but he gets the shit kicked out of him. Luger eventually clears the ring with a chair in hand. Buffer back for the main event. Hogan versus the Giant. I, I, You know, I never hear those until I go back and listen to it after post. So, Hogan versus the Giant. Hogan comes out in a neck brace gesturing like he's not going to wrestle. Bischoff gets on the mic. Hogan can't participate. Giant just pulls him into the ring, suplexes him into the ring, uh, rips off the collar, Nash is there at ringside. This is just another shit show where this guy goes after this guy, this guy does this to this guy, and then Sting repels from the roof, and we'll see you Thursday on Thunder. <laughs> it's not even good night, folks. It's now we'll see you Thursday on Sunday on Thunder. You're right. That's it. That's that's really funny. That's good job. It's if there's it's death taxes and a shitty ending to Nitro. That's life is what you can there guarantee you on. Mm-hmm. And spoilers. Uh, it's it bothers me because for everybody to be like, oh, the Monday Night Wars, Monday Night Wars. I don't know, man. I really feel like when WWF kicked off in the beginning of '98, everybody's like, well, it took all the way till the butts and some seats from Shivani to Foley. Was anybody really hanging on to Nitro being like, this guy, this is way better than WWF? But I'm like, fuck it. Never mind him. Uh, people who uh, think that AEW is better yeah. than WWE and vice versa. So, all right, never mind. I just I talked mean, my answer into that one. We'll give, we'll give a quick timeline here. Where we're at right now is WWE is starting to ascend, and people are obviously like, that's the better show to watch. It's the more interesting one. Where the NWO shit's getting stale and beyond stale yeah. at this point. And it only gets worse, worse when Russo jumps on board. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just hope there's a video of the day that Cornette gets to piss on his grave. (laughs) All right, man. You know what? Well, this week we talked about it in the wars. It's time to talk about this week's top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off The Professor and ODM Made It.
And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans, much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Alright, we are going to be going in order of history when we talk about the best and what worst of the Royal Rumble. We're not talking about the matches themselves and uh, what, how each match laid out. Because again, I don't need to list each 30 participants in each one of them. I want to ask you, ODM, we're going to just kind of debate. After each Rumble, what did it do for the winner? Good or bad? Was it a good thing or a bad thing? You know, because we've seen some guys win the Rumble. We're like, this is it. That's their push. And you're like, oh, it just stopped right there, huh? Hmm. Oh, okay. Like, at the first couple of years, we could blow right by. You got Jim Duggan in 88, Big John Studd in 99. At those times, I think it was just we need big men winning the Rumble. And, well, you're a face, and it'll make people happy at the end of the show. In 90 and 91, that was won by Hulk Hogan. I think the only time that it would make a difference for Hogan winning it was in 91 after he won that Rumble. He was next in line to face Sergeant Slaughter, who just dethroned Ultimate Warrior earlier that night for the Mm -hmm. WWF Championship. So it kind of made sense to go along with that. But 92 was probably the very first time. One of everybody's favorite Rumbles, of course. But one of the first times that the Rumble had any major implication and this time it was a 30 man WWF Royal Rumble championship match and won by of course the man who came in at number three Ric Flair so after that how does President Jack Tunney and the rest of the executives make it bigger you know what I mean like how, how do you make it worthwhile so the next year The winner will go on to get a WWF championship match. So now it is official, and this is going to be our new big road to WrestleMania. And this is where we'll start to break things down. 93 was won by Yokozuna. One of your 27 club winners, by the way. You know, 27 was always a big number. Last eliminating Macho Man Randy Savage. The only issue I have with it is that Macho Man went for a pin. And he threw him over the fucking top rope because of that. I don't know why. Savage like, it's okay, I'm going to pin him, and I don't <laughs> to throw him over the top. Yeah, that's a weird one. But, I mean, he went on to win the WWF Championship from Brett and went pretty goddamn undefeated for nearly a year and a half, two years, you know, in his reign. So, I would say he's one of the first times that they were they did it the right way. Yeah, they, 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 took, they, uh, they took advantage of the situation and, and went the distance with it. Yep. <clears throat> 94 is a little... Uh, a tester. Well, yeah. I don't know who we want to actually put the title on at WrestleMania, so we're going to have two people win this one between Luger and, and Brett. <clears throat> and eh, we'll, we'll let the fans kind of decide over the next couple of weeks. And whoever gets more cheers is probably who's going to win the title at WrestleMania. There's an actual picture of Lex Luger wearing the WWF Championship. Oh, yeah, I know. Show, by the way. Yep. It's I sad and it. funny. I seen it. I seen it. Huh? 
1995, you have Shawn Michaels becoming the first man who started at number one. Pretty much pretty close to eliminated with British Bulldog throwing him over at 29, but feet didn't touch the floor. It was the first time that the feet made a difference. Yep. I think this is the first time people, I mean, look at it. I mean, everybody liked him as the Intercontinental Champion at this point, but I think this is when you're like, oh, shit, he can go to the main event. Hmm. And he still didn't win the title for a full other year. Yep. He failed to win the championship against Diesel. But I do think his performance with Diesel is why he was turned face right after. The crowd loved what he did at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He carried the match. You know I mean? Oh, 100%. What was to be done. Uh, and he went back-to-back, being the first guy to go. Well, no, Hogan went back-to-back, but uh, the second guy to go back-to-back. Winning in 96 and, of course, winning the title at the Iron Man match with Bret Hart. I think this is a, he had one of the very first big runs post-Rumble in a while that I think that it paid off. Like, winning the Rumble, winning the championship, holding that championship for most of the year, it's what it should have been back then, or they, they tried to do. 97 with Austin. Well, we covered that fuck show. Um, mm-hmm. f- like, eight pay-per-views, a bunch of rematches, Sid, Brett, Cage, <coughs> all that. Yeah, yeah, we don't even need to get that to that. That was a shit again. show. Yeah, we talked about Austin today winning it. <laughs> Next year, that'll be a fun one. Mr. McMahon, well, let me ask you, what do you think about his push? What do you think happened with him there? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you could have got heat a whole different way. I'm sure you didn't need to do that. Yeah. In 2000, The Rock, he was over, and he'd spent a good chunk of his time as a heel going back and forth, and I think it was a good move to make him your big face heading into WrestleMania because that's when Triple H defended against Big Show, Foley, and Rock. So he had, you know, it was a big fatal four-way with every McMahon in a corner. Um, I think it was the right move to have Rock win it. I don't think anybody else was ready at that time. Uh, 2001, I don't think anybody should have won more than Stone Cold Steve Austin after his huge neck injury, getting hit by a car, quote-unquote, Right. Him coming back and winning, it was kind of inedible. inevitable. One I could have inedible. maybe done without, maybe done without, was Triple H winning in 2002. Yeah, we're heading. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it this way. It's funny because at this point, he's already, he's really starting to ramp into that. Oh, I'm going to push myself to the moon. <clears throat> but... He really didn't win the Royal Rumble until, well, that one was a shit show in itself, but that's a different story. Well, this 2002 win, though, is big because this comes about two to three weeks after the Madison Square Garden huge return comeback when he was out with that torn quad after the tag team title match. His return was huge. Him winning the Rumble was huge. I think it was a a big moment. I like the idea of it, but I'm like, Again, if you look at what WrestleMania 18 had to offer, mm. was Triple H in the main event against Chris Jericho the right call? No. Right. It wasn't bigger than that. But I'm curious, like, do you think that... Eh, no, probably... All right, this one's okay. I don't think we have an issue with this one on Triple H. Eh, we I may mean, have to talk about 10 years from now when he in the Rumble one. Yeah. Uh, with Roman, I meant. 2003, you had Brock Lesnar. Right call. You had him as a heel 
for the first run of his career, and now he's going in face to uh, WrestleMania 19 against Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. But to me, if you only knew that this son of a bitch was done one year from that time, would you have let him win the Rumble? You know? Right. If you knew he was going to try to do the world's worst shooting star press, would you have let him I win mean, the Rumble? I mean, I don't. Oh, come on. Look at I've said it before. Hands down, I don't care. My favorite Rumble of all time really is 2004. Chris really? Chris Benoit. Yeah. Him starting at number one and going all the way through. The last guy he had to throw over was Big Show, and he's doing it with like a suplex from one side of the ring to the other, kicking his feet from under the rope, kicking Big Show's feet up and over. It was, it was well done. And this was the big time with him, Eddie. I mean, that entire 2004, maybe one of my favorite years in wrestling, next to the Hart Foundation 97 stuff. Um, Seeing 2004, those guys get where they should be, I'm a huge fan of. So that's why I'm always going to be a fan of that, because Benoit's push after this, he wins the title in that triple threat, defends it again, has Kane, has Edge, has a bunch of guys, and then... Passes the torch, technically, to Randy Orton. Yeah, it went Triple H and Orton after that for a little bit, but the point is that Benoit still did the job and passed it off to someone deserving of the championship. We can't talk about it in in Hmm. WWF history because of, but uh, 2005, at least this one was a good one, when Batista won this Rumble. Well, there are multiple reasons this was a good one. One, it gave the chance for him to break away from evolution. Mm Mm-hmm. Two, it was better than when he came back with that huge return, you know, not too long ago, and everybody booed the fucking piss out of him. But more than anything, this gave us two torn quads by Vince McMahon. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it just for that. Just for that. No, for real. Actually, this made Batista main event player. Oh, I think that I liked him as a big guy in evolution, but I don't think I saw him as a full main event guy until this and I saw him carry some really good matches with Triple H their Hell in a Cell match he had some matches with like JBL and other guys Batista became main event quality Mm. from Rumble on if I had to say it so I think that this is one of the guys that did prosper from the Royal Rumble push if you will the last several that we've talked about I mean a little bit Chris Benoit definitely has, but, you know, Batista, it was the right push at the right time. And it came down to him and John Cena. Either one of them, it would have been fine to have win the Rumble that year. The following year, well, you know, I guess if someone dies under your watch, you might as well (laughs) just turn your entire storyline around and let the smallest guy in the roster win not only your Rumble, but your World Championship. Not one of my favorites, and I'm moving the fuck on. There you go. I was a giant fan. One of my first pay-per-view. Actually, I take this back. It was the first pay-per-view that I bought in my apartment when I first Ah. got my own place out of my parents' house. And, uh, I mean, I've been out, I think, for a little bit, but I was like, it's Survivor Series. I got to do this one, man. Or not Survivor. I'm sorry. Royal Rumble. I got to do this one. And uh, it was the one where Undertaker comes out at 30 
and one of the first guys to actually win at the number 30. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. the first guy to win at 30. <clears throat> and it came down to him and Shawn Michaels, and they wrestled in the ring. That was... As the final two combatants for like 12 minutes. You uh, you put yourself over as a mark for Benoit. I put myself as an Undertaker mark, right? So when you went on about, you know... The rumble with Benoit. I'm not going to say shit because what you're saying is absolutely right. I can make funny. I could call you Mark, whatever. This is my favorite. But your moments, what you like, are what for this is this is this is the best ending to a rumble match ever. Because you're right, they had a match and they did the dual spot. Taker sits up at the same time that Sean kicks up to his feet. Oh my god, fucking phenomenal. Even how Michaels gets thrown out looks almost awkward enough, like because he was trying to fight for his life, which right. I liked. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just the whole you you guided them with your hand on their head and they jumped over the top rope. No, this dude like was trying to grab the rope before falling. Right. Out. One of the better Rumble endings. And who would have thought in 2007 that that was going to be one of Undertaker's best years? He went on to yeah. win the championship from Batista. Having an awesome feud with Edge, Batista, Booker T, JBL, all those guys. And at this point, like, I'm not trying to say I thought Undertaker was done, but I was pretty sure he was close to done in 2007. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Here we were. Right. It, it, little did we know. So you have Royal Rumble 2008. That, I mean, for the moment of itself. Yeah, that's... It was big for John Cena coming back at number 30 and winning, and that's back-to-back years at number 30. Here's my issue with it, is that it went nowhere because Cena cashed in one month later at Elimination Chamber, Mm -hmm. or No Way Out, whatever one it was, against Randy Orton, and then it ended up becoming a triple threat match with Triple H at Mania, and then I think Triple H won the championship, and it wasn't even until the next month at Backlash. So why did Cena win Uh, the Rumble? Sure. Could have had anybody else that year. Yeah, when you're talking about what happened moving forward for the Rumble winner, I mean, Cena was already over as fuck anyway. He didn't need the rub. And what the way that they played it out was just bullshit. It was just like, yeah, we're just going to rig the thing. He should have been a heel with the way he was getting booked. Um, but ultimately it just came down to the moment. It, it is one of the better moments. Cause he was like two months ahead of recovery schedule or something like that. Yeah, nobody expected, nobody he, expected. He wasn't him. even expected to come back to WrestleMania. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the look on triple H's face, like you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> it's fucking great. I'm not going to lie. So this was, <clears throat> this would have been the lead into WrestleMania 24. So I didn't go to the next year until the next year, but I'm not going to lie. Watching, that boy lose his fucking mind because he had already bought his WrestleMania tickets in, like, November. <laughs> Watching Cena come back, he goes, no, what the fuck? Throwing his titles on the ground that he had in front of him <laughs> that he was wearing during his show. <laughs> Losing his mind because he knew Cena's now going to main event WrestleMania. Luckily, it was headlined by Taker and Edge. Right. But still. All things considered, it was funny to watch him lose his mind on that. I bet. 2009, I was a fan of it when Randy Orton won it. The follow-up was weird. He could have very easily just won the championship at WrestleMania from Triple H, moved on, and kept that momentum going. They didn't give him the title until long after that, and it was not the right way. It was, oh my, it was horrible. I can't even explain how bad it was, besides the fact that I was there and we all booed the living shit out of it. Like, wait, no, really, that's... That's the end. He's not. He's not winning this tonight. 
Yeah, they do that. Over guy on your entire roster. As a heel. Yeah. Go figure. Go figure. Coming in at number 29 in the 2010 Rumble, Edge came in as a surprise. Um, He had been out for quite some time. When we last saw Edge was in late, uh, mid to late 2009 as a tag team champion with Chris Jericho. Edge got injured, and then we were introduced to Jericho. Jericho, And that's where that all began. Miz comes back. And the first person he takes out was Chris Jericho. I'm sorry, not Miz. I'm sorry. Edge comes back. And the first person he takes out was Chris Jericho. Getting that feud going. And he wins. And in the meantime, Chris Jericho wins the world championship. Because Shawn Michaels cost The Undertaker the title at Elimination Chamber. So he can get round two at WrestleMania 26. It's the same night Undertaker burned himself, by the way. He got burned multiple times. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chamber. And then Edge goes against Jericho. And that's it. He loses at WrestleMania. And he, like, waddled his way into the mid-card for the rest of 2010. He won the world championship at, like, TLC at the end of 2010. But I wasn't a fan of him coming back, winning, and then just a flop at WrestleMania and nothing after. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird booking strategy. Not even a full calendar year later, he wins the title. Yeah. Why didn't he just win it, it at Mania? What's crazy is that he wins the title at TLC, mm. has a good match with Dolph Ziggler at Royal Rumble 2011, and then his you know final match for quite some time is where he defends and retains his world championship against the guy who won the 2011 Royal Rumble, which was Alberto Del Rio. And that was Edge's last match for quite some time. That's another one. Del Rio wins the largest Rumble in history, coming in at number 38, and there's 40 guys. I'm not going to lie. They had me. Fucking, it came down to him and Santino. And Santino, once he got up, had these weird, he had tears in his eyes. If you look at it, just how he did it, he, like, he played the part well. Like, this is my chance, I got it. And the crowd fucking jacked up on it. And Del Rio still gets them. And you're like, you bastard. I just almost cheered for Santino to win this because I don't like Del Rio that much. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Good job to you, WWE. But then he and Del Rio loses, and he doesn't even end up winning anything of a championship until he cashes in on CM Punk later down the road in that, in that year from the Money in the Bank. So what were you doing handing him your biggest rumble in history? That's Vince not thinking about your future. Right. Rumble used to be it used to be just about your future. Now let's talk about your future. 2012, you're like, all right, we got some guys who are really over. Oh, I got an idea. How about Daniel Bryan loses his championship at WrestleMania in 10 seconds? The guy who wins the 2012 Royal Rumble. Yep. Chris Jericho, an easy slot. That's all we needed. Everyone knew it was going to be Jericho, Punk, WrestleMania. That's it. We were there. We all knew it. Jericho's in there. Last guy getting eliminated. What's that say? Oh, no, it does say Chris Jericho. Yep, that's right. Yep, yep, Jericho. Jericho is the last person eliminated to take the longest route around. It's like going, if you want to be in New York, you went to Pennsylvania, Florida, California, New Mexico, and then back up to New York to get to where you needed to fucking be when you started in New York. Yep. Sheamus now is going to be in a world championship match, and Jericho 
has to wait a whole month and a half. He didn't even win, I don't think, even the, the Elimination Chamber. I can't. It got real ugly how they did this thing. You could have went the cleanest route possible. But what does Sheamus do instead? Piss every one of us off by defeating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 29 in seconds. That was insane. In yeah. seconds. Yep. I hated that. But wait. There's think? more. There's more. 2013 Rumble. Okay. All right. You want to take the title off of CM Punk. Fine. But now, after you had your once-in-a-lifetime and Rock wins that championship, and now Cena wins the Rumble, you're going twice in a lifetime, you bastards. Yep. You lied to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess you could call that the comeback of Cena. He had a whole year of losing, right? They made it seem like he was down in the dumps and having a, you know, he's rising above hate. Whatever, not needed. You didn't no. need to push him. No, it was a matter of they had to get the title off a of rock. So fuck it, we'll put it back on Cena. How about he didn't need the title? Yeah, well, 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 we're past that. Okay. <laughs> Are we? Because I'm not. I know. I can tell. All I right, 2014. It's the time. Daniel Bryan is over AF. You only hear a guy who's probably as over as CM Punk. Yep. And in this match, we're seeing his final wrestling match in WWE ever. With a staph infection. Being pulled out by Kane. Shitting himself. And his number 30 hits. Here it is, baby. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Booyaka, booyaka! Boo! Poor Ray. In at least that moment, poor Ray. Mm-hmm. I mean, poor Dom for having to deal with hard times the way he does. <laughs> but poor Ray. And... Batista wins the 2014 Royal Rumble. Talk about a naked gun 33 and a third slap your head moment ever. I was like, what? The whole crowd just kept booing. And luckily they turned things around for uh, Daniel Bryan. But did this venture help us at all? Not even a bit. Let's, Let's recap here. Edge went nowhere. Del Rio went nowhere. Sheamus. Eh. Okay, he won the title, went on, and had a championship reign and had some matches, but no one cared because you fucked over our favorite guy. Yep. John Cena, everybody was already pissed that we're having twice in a lifetime, and now you're doing Batista. Didn't we just say goodbye to this guy? Oh, it's only looking up from here, though. Oh, you're right, because the next year they put Roman Reigns in the Royal Rumble match with his WWE championship on the line. The highest point of this match is who came in at number three, AJ Styles. AJ Styles, yep. From there, well, I will say, look at, I guess it could have been worse. It could have been Roman coming in at number one and retaining against all number, all three. But this was another. But they went with number 31, which was Triple H. Yeah, but this was another, uh, another, hey, Brian should get his chance here. This was yep. another one of those years, and every and it was Roman. This is the year with The Rock, isn't it, where he came out and he tried to fucking put him over, and everybody booed the shit out of him. Still, oh, uh, that was no, uh, that was. Oh wait, hang on. You're right. I went to the trip. I, I, you're right. I went to uh, Triple H winning in 2016. You're right. 2015 is where Daniel Bryan came in and got kicked out at like number 10 by Bray Wyatt. You're yep. right on this one. And this is where Roman Reigns won. 
And Rock couldn't even save a smile on anybody's face. You're 100% correct. Thank you. And that's where people are like, Rusev, I think he's still under the ring. Where is he? Where is he? And he comes out. People are like, fucking Rusev! Everybody went nuts for Rusev for the first time ever. And then he threw him over like, God damn it! Fuck you, Rusev! (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And the only thing that saved that entire setup? Seth Rollins winning at WrestleMania 31 after Roman winning that rumble. That's exactly what it was. It was heading into 31. The following year is where it was Roman Reigns defending his WWF championship at the Royal Rumble, and Triple H won it in 2016, and that's Mm -hmm. where we had AJ Styles. Still not a fun win. Again, what did it do for Batista? What did it do for Roman? What did it do for Triple H? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, it was the great WrestleMania matchup. Now, speaking of things that didn't make sense, this one got me. 2017, I think this was the Alamo Dome or Seattle. One of them was a really big fucking dome. It was a big event. And they had Randy Orton as a part of the Wyatt family winning the uh, the Royal Rumble match. Now, I would like to say, okay, all right, I'm okay with him winning if he's going to go about it in the right way. When you have a projector shooting worms on your ring at WrestleMania, all credibility went out the window. <laughs> no, bullshit. I swear. I know, like that's, I know man. I'm moving on know. for that reason. I know. As I will. Um, in 2018, this is where we had... The first time, two winners. We had Shinsuke Nakamura in the men's division, which we're like, okay, man, all right. Someone's listening at home there, all right. Hmm. And then Asuka wins the women's uh, title, or the women's Royal Rumble. And that's the first time Ronda Rousey comes out and just points at a sign for 47 minutes. Yep. And it was... Man, a lot of big moments heading into to WrestleMania that year. Let's see how they played out. Asuka tapped out. Shinsuke got pinned and decided to dick punch uh, AJ Styles. And yep. Ronda Rousey was put in a match with a guy who hadn't wrestled in seven years versus Stephanie McMahon and mm-hmm. her boy or uh, husband, Triple H. Mm. Okay. Yep. The pot for Nakamura winning was the only good thing that came out of it. It was so good. 2019, they said, all right, well, let's have our first couple win the Rumbles. Seth Rollins wins the men's one. And after Becky Lynch uh, loses her championship or her opportunity earlier in the night, she ends took up somebody's taking spot. The pl- yeah, Carmella? She took someone's sp- it was Carmella. And was put into the Royal Rumble match and wins the women's Rumble match at the very end. And that's what brought us to WrestleMania 35 with the man and yep. Charlotte and Rousey. Hey, you know what? That paid off. You yep. know what else paid off that year? Seth and Lesnar. The yep. way they opened up WrestleMania, Seth came out, the victor, how they did it, and then he even fall, fell short to Lesnar again later in the year. I was okay with it. Seth was o- uh, very over at this time. 
The burn it down chant was just nuts. Yep. Becky was more over on than any roster in the entire country. Mm -hmm. So you were making the right decision. 2020. Now, the women's one was won by Charlotte Flair. And she said, I don't want the Raw. I don't want the SmackDown. I want the NXT NXT. championship. It went after Rhea Ripley. It was weird. But it was also pandemic year. It was also very... It was a very quiet arena, so I can't really shit on much of these things, you know. Well, it was they had a great match, but yeah. it, it you went completely backwards with your logic because you gave it to somebody that was already over as fuck, didn't need the rub, and then you killed somebody who did need the rub. <laughs> I don't. I just. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Uh, and in the 2020 Rumble, not only did Edge return, as we talked about before, for one of his big comebacks ever. But Drew McIntyre threw out, well, Claymore kicked out Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that was a good moment. And wins the Rumble. Had the pandemic never happened, man, the the momentum going and the screaming for Drew would have been unheard of. It sucks for everything that he went through. Killed him. I feel for that fucking dude. Mm -hmm. Because, like... It, and he still was the champion, did everything he had to, but he had to wave to a camera to say hello to everybody at WrestleMania. It, yeah. it sucked. Uh, WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, Royal Rumble 21. Now, this is where you and I kind of argued with each other because we did this one live. Yeah. This is the one where Edge came in at number one. Randy Orton came in at number two. They were your final two guys in there, and Edge wins the Rumble. And I believe in that night, that is where Bianca Belair wins the women's 2021 Women's Rumble. What did it do for each person? For Edge, fell short in a triple threat threat match against Roman and Daniel Bryan. And Roman just kept on with the Tribal Chief thing. Belair, she is the one that ventured from it. She actually had a decent following after all of this. Yep. Uh, and, yeah. Okay, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Uh, Belair, I think you know where I'm going with that one. Big fan. Uh, obviously did her a world of justice. Edge, uh, again, this isn't, it's, it'd be like The Rock winning. It, you know, he didn't need it. You get the pop, sure, but where's it going to go? Is he really going to be the world champion? Come on. Could be this year. <sighs> you never know. As soon as Saudi Arabia starts throwing that money out, they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of different people that they're putting in charge. Or we're gonna have Trish Stratus versus Fabulous Moolah. <laughs> She's May Young dead. is their guest referee <laughs> with her her son, the hand. The hand. All right. <laughs> Royal Rumble twenty two. I called this. I said Brock Lesnar's dropping his championship earlier in the night, and he is going to now win the rumble at the end of the night. I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right when I call some of these things, but I was yep. right. And the winner of this uh, with the women's rumble that uh, this night was also Ronda Rousey. And this is where she came back with the maternity I suit. Spill, yeah, I may spill some milk suit. Yeah. Look at when you really look at who is profited 
off of the last couple of years when it comes to your rumble, your run. It's been a minute since someone has actually done something decent. Since all right, I'll, I'll give you 2019, both Becky and Seth. Sure. The problem is you followed up with having them both fight Corbin in uh Daisy May or whatever the fuck her name oh, was. Oh, that's right. Miss Daisy. Yeah, Lacey Evans. Yeah, so so and beggars can't be choosers, but if we're heading into Royal Rumble 2023, you got 30 men, you got 30 women. Just, I mean, think before you pull the trigger. Be like, so who do people like? Oh, my God. It's yeah. going to be 30 dead people. <laughs> They're going to keep, like, giving, like, the sound. Oh, Jesus. I know who the music is. <laughs> and then no one comes to the ring. Obviously. Out next. All right. You got the gist. I got the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. And it's going to be Vince at number 30. That's the whole point. Oh, is I hope it Vince is. Vince is still under the fucking reign of the Saudis. He's going to be the new champion. Ah, oh, we really like Vince. I don't even know what accent that was. I mean, that wasn't really horrible. terrible. That wasn't terrible. Don't do it again, but it wasn't terrible. Because <laughs> you're going to make it worse. <laughs> Look, it, I'm just saying, all right, let's talk right now, real quick. If you had the opportunity right now to choose it, WWE said... ODM, we need your input. Who's our man? Who's our women? Who is winning oh. this year's Royal Rumbles? Okay, so two different approaches, right? Uh, who should it be and who do I think it will be? Nope, uh, nope. Who's going to? Who, just pick the person. Who's going to? I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley for the women's. Uh, okay. Maybe that's being a hopeful. Uh, Asuka seems to have God, this. If you say Dominic Mysterio is the guy. No, 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 no. Dominic, not Dominic Mysterio. Uh, he has Asuka, drop. Asuka, yeah, Asuka, you know, uh, she's kind of doing that character change. Maybe that'd be a good spot for her. Uh, for the men, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's really tough. I, I think Cody's coming back. He's going to win. Okay. I'm with you on Rhea Ripley wholeheartedly. I'm still I'm holding out for Sam. Yeah, Sam. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I if. just don't like it. That's all. If Sammy was supposed to be out of the picture, it would have been before Rumble. Sure. We're getting close to Rumble, and he's not out of the picture. The more that he's in the picture, the more I think he has a championship match. However, what I see happening is what I had said before. Sammy wins the Rumble, but then goes to Roman and says, no, 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 I'm not going to come at you at WrestleMania. How about we just get our thing over in at Elimination Chamber, Chamber, which I said is in Toronto, Canada, or, or Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Just saying you have possibilities, opportunities. All right, so bear with me here. I am trying to look up uh, Vegas's odds for who's going to win the Rumble because Las Vegas is rarely, rarely wrong. Uh, so let's see. Cody Rhodes is the current favorite. Give me the odds are as close as Vader giving a Hall of Fame speech. They are not close. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, actually, it's pretty oh, close. Oh, in that case, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, wins a rumble. <laughs> it's a, it's eleven to ten for Cody. So that that's pretty close to what it would be for Z, for Vader. Okay. Uh, second favorite is Sami Zayn, two to one. Fucking so. Man. Uh, favorite is here. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is five to four. 
Becky Lynch, 15 to 8. So there you go. Place your bets. Nah, give it to Rhea. I'm all about it. Fuck yeah. I love Fuck it. yeah. You already passed her up more than once. Fucking give her the shot, make her the champ. She needs to be. Who's your women's champ right now? Bianca? It would be Belair on Raw. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if. Okay. Uh, what's it? Yeah. Let, Charlotte's on SmackDown. Let Rhea go after Belair. Yeah. That would make the most perfect sense. Perfect heel, perfect face. Done. And, they, and they've done. worked you're, together you're before. Good. They could have a great feud. You don't even go here. <laughs> that was one of the first yeah, times I, know. I watched them work together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I was like, I like her. She good. <laughs> she good. <laughs> All right. Well. It has been a very, very long show. I'm out. He's out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. It has been a doozy, and we'll be back next week with more. Hopefully, at that point, we'll be talking about beating the shit out of some bangles. It's kind of my hope, you know. You know, go Bills. And uh, my name is Professor. I bid you a farewell. And as always, it's season five. ODM, he leaves you with five words. Oh, shit, it's the cops. What you want, what you want, what you gonna do When Sheriff John Brown come for you Tell me, what you gonna do, what you gonna do Yeah, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do What you gonna do when they come for you Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do What you gonna do when they come for you the Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia and ODM Joe Rizzo with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. May I help you, sir? How much for order of ribs? Uh, two fifty. Two fifty. How many ribs do I get with that? Uh, about five. Five. So I guess that's about fifty cents a rib, huh? Yeah, about. Let me get one. Right on. One order. One order ribs. No, 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 no. One rib. One rib. I sure am hungry. Uh, make that one rib to go. One rib? One rib. What else? You got any soda? One dollar. Oh, come on now. Look out for a brother, man. Come on. Hey, check this out. Why don't you let me get a sip for 15 cents? My cups cost more than 15 cents. All right, fuck the cup. Pour it in my hand for a dime. Look, you greasy-headed Jerry Curl, when pay me 
and get the hell out of my store. You got change for a hundred? Look, we're gonna need an orthopedic surgeon to remove my foot from your ass. Hammer, hammer. No, brother, don't do it. 